bodies burn from the inside with fury. And the sound, the sound like angels scream. The human body you see is the most complex electrically sparked combustion engine we know of. It's difficult for us to comprehend spontaneous combustion. We would not have the same reaction to radio catching fire. SHC is naturally occurring phenomenon, but the odds of it striking any particular individual are millions to one. I believe the complex series of vaccines your subjects were given, combined with radiation from the blast, dramatically reduced those odds to one to one. Yes, the fire from heaven was certainly here today. S-H-C Spontaneous Human Combustion You're listening to the Buzz Kill Podcast I am the devil And I am here to do the devil's work it is episode 132. Welcome to the Buzzkill Podcast for today. Toby or not Toby? <laughs> that is the question. Hooper. We're talking about Hooper. Little, little hoopsie doopsie. Mm. <laughs> what? I don't know. Oh, this is going to be a fun one. These movies were, uh, these they were, movies were interesting, and I have were, lots of notes. There's something, and then there's something else, and <laughs> these were something else. <laughs> We're just going to get this out of the way right now. I got something else I need to get out of the way right oh. now. So so right before we, well, the intro was going, Mike's like, I, I need my, my mic turned up. I can't hear myself, right? You are wearing a hat covering your ears with the headphones <laughs> over top of it. Turn Uncover- it up. Uncover- I do that every e- week. No, you do not uncover do- your ears oh, and I- you'll be able to hear yourself. I do it. It keeps my head cold or head warm because it's cold down here. <laughs> I-, I got earplugs in. Why can't I hear anything? You know what, Justin? I don't want to hear it. Uh, what's That's going on, all. guys? I'm Mike. I'm Jim. I'm Justin. The asshole. Call me out over here. Yeah, you're a... You're a, a butthole. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> you jerk. You're, being, you're being real mean to me. I've had a real hard I week. I rubber your glue and anything a, you say. I, I've had a hard week, damn it. I don't need you. Jeez, guys. I don't need you, but I wish I knew how to quit you. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Oh, boy. Um, yeah, as I was saying, I'm going to get this out of the way real quick. Uh, Toby Hooper sure made these movies. Yeah, he did. <laughs> made- sure, sure made them real real. He made the hell out of them. He made. It. <laughs> he did. <laughs> oh god! Uh, <laughs> I don't even want to get into it right now because I save it for later. Um, what's going on, guys? How you guys uh, been? Why are you leaving? Don't, don't, don't mind just, me. I'm just putting some hand lotion on. Justin just got out an industrial <laughs> size so thing get, of lotion. I get mad at him. He pulls out the lotion. <laughs> does my does does my yelling? Oh 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 oh! My yelling turns him on. Ooh. That's the one. Mm. Actually, I could use some of that. I could too, actually. My hands are super dry. Oh, yeah? Who's yeah. the weird one now? Can I steal some of this? Go ahead. You got to... Uh, there's, there's not much left. It might not squirt out, so you got to do the old the old uh, 
twist off the cap and stroke off the broad inside. Oh, well, that's, that's actually my preferred uh, delivery system for, for lotion is to twist off the it, head. It, it keeps it in your hands from splashing all over the place. Right, right here you go. Get a, get a little hit off of there that. There we go. Mm, now mm. everybody wants some. Oh, give me some. Listen. Listen, oh, to, that, I, listen uh, to that moisture occurring. There's nothing left for me. It's shooting, it's shooting blanks over here. <laughs> What's wrong with us? Uh, Lots. Uh, so how's how has your guys' past week been? Oh, not too bad. Not too bad. Just doing doing the thing. I came over and I helped you do a thing. You did. You uh, did. Uh, we we <laughs> we took about a how, how long did that take us. About as long as re- Repo the Genetic Opera takes to be a movie. Uh, no, we st- <laughs> I started that when you first showed up, and we didn't. You had to do the episode still, so probably about two thirds, I'd say, the length of Repo it took us to do this. We uh, Mike 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 de- has been designing a, uh, a Monopoly board, except for horror themed, for the past couple months. It's been a bit of an obsession to get it done, though, because I just want it done. It's called Monstropoly, <laughs> and it looks amazing. And he had one uh, kind of misfire with the uh, with the printing, so he went to a, a better printer, got an amazing like high gloss like vinyl printout mm-hmm. of it, and we spent. Like an hour. It was at least a good solid forty-five to fifty minutes of just ever so slightly putting this thing down, and like getting it to where there's no air bubbles and all that. It was very annoying, and my back hurt a lot (laughs) afterwards. So I'm like bent over the table, and it's not good at all. I'm I'm still having hand. Should have used some of this lotion. (laughs) (laughs) Between between the two of us, the night we spent together the other night, he came away with a sore back, and I have ham hand cramps that won't go ah. away so but you, ironically you do the math right ironically my dick feels great uh. <laughs> so did you uh, did you get all the air bubbles out yeah no actually there were <laughs> <laughs> this is why no one listens to us uh, uh yeah no no there was actually james did a hell of a job because like i said i was holding it up and he was taking his time like literally <laughs> literally, <laughs> literally millimeter by millimeter <laughs> Uh, and that's the end of the episode. <laughs> Good night, folks. <laughs> you know, oh. to the few people that we know, tell us that we crack them up. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> that's our, our, literally our, only a few people. Yeah, pretty much. Um, no, uh, yeah. So we did that, <laughs> and, our, and those three don't even listen <laughs> to the show. <laughs> Just assume you're funny. Uh, no, no, James did a hell of a job though. There was no air bubbles, no nothing. Like there was nothing to fix, nothing to do. Anything. Awesome, so, man. Um, Good job, James. We, Thank I, we you. fucked Thank up the cutting on it though in one spot, which I'm a little bit bummed about. Just but don't even talk about it. I need it. to get over it. <clears throat> it's fine. Um, uh, anyway, we, yeah. Uh, we also went to March Dunane Rouge this past weekend on Sunday, which was a lot of fun. If you follow us on Instagram, I posted a picture of me and uh, my main name. Yep, you and your main name. He gave you the old uh, going in for a high five and then did the hair slick back thing instead of... Oh, did he? Oh, yeah, I actually... How drunk were you? Be pretty. Oh, okay. Pretty. Uh, I, actually, that point. <laughs> I need to make a gif out of it because it's pretty... Like, uh, Aaron was taking the picture at the time and she did a burst. Mm-hmm. So she has the whole thing in nice. little clips. I don't so remember that. I'll, I'll I, just, I, just, I just know that I was backwards and he was cool and that's that was a thing. That was a fun day, though. That was uh, that was a really, really good day. Uh, uh, it's making We're making this a tradition now and... Um, it's kind of... Yeah. It, so me and uh, my buddy, or our buddy, Carney, we... <laughs> We both have March birthdays, so we just kind of made this into our uh, our new 
yearly tradition to uh-huh. go to March to Nain Rouge. Hopefully, you can join us next I year. I will. Jay. We were supposed to come this year. We were going to come, and then we ended up. Uh, we just so our our return par- after party for our wedding when we return back to the continental United States. Uh-huh. We have the date booked and where it's at, but we never actually booked the pavilion for it. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> and so the, we were going to we went to go book, and we realized the one the two that we wanted were gone. Oh, so no. we we spent all day. We twice we drove through the the park where it's at. Um, which is like I don't know, a few mile long loop or something like that. It's at looking uh, at them all. It's at Stony Creek, yep. right? And uh, and uh, so like twice within a couple hour time period, we went there, came back, went there a couple hours later, and then <laughs> then finally decided one and got it booked in case there was one other one that had electricity. Oh, good. And we made sure to get it before it's gone. So because <laughs> that would have sucked because you already you already sent out to save the dates for it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, we uh, we're not here. We're actually gonna change the date and location. So disregard. Yeah. So that was what I. I did on Sunday. Yeah, cool. uh, and others in my week, I I bought my wedding band, which was exciting. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually gonna tie the knot now I because f- I figured you would just rent the band. But I mean, if you, <laughs> if you want to buy them, that should be a thing for certain people. <laughs> they actually just for the rest of your marriage, oh, no, they play like theme the, music for you. I was, I was talking about the band, like <clears throat> the actual like oh, band. Yeah. I, I was on the same page. <laughs> Thanks, Joe. Uh, I went and saw a movie on Friday. Oh. I don't I don't watch too many movies at the theater yeah um but i did go see one i saw us oh the oh okay <laughs> the us movie that's, oh us it's the documentary about <laughs> how, how how were we how were we <laughs> uh, mild thumbs down <laughs> yeah so yeah. if you... we have to go see it soon yeah, because yep. we got to talk about this they, because you're not allowed to say anything because oh, I, no. I want because justin went to see it jancy pants went to see it and we haven't seen it yet and yeah. uh Where's and Justin and Jancy Pants have opinions that seem to be against pretty much the entire country. Yeah, so I agree. I agree. We gotta see. We gotta see what's going on. Try to do hard. <laughs> just, just, uh, just hold it in until we actually talk about this on an episode. I um, I did something exciting this week. What'd you do? Um, the uh, I made an appointment. For the Thursday after Easter, mm-hmm. I am paying somebody uh, to cut my face open, yeah, uh, remove parts of my head, yeah, uh, and then put me back together. That oh. person is me. He's like, <laughs> you're pretty good at tearing apart cars and stuff. Same thing, right? And I said, yeah, I got you. Look at my toolbox. Fix, fixing the septum is basically like uh, hammering out a dent in a, yeah. in a tailpipe. It's like, so. it's like changing your serpentine belt. No big deal. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So what are you doing there, Mikey? So, uh, yeah, no, I'm getting a septoplasty on, uh, it's basically like a nose job, but just without getting a new nose. Um, sort of, it's, it's obviously different. But I might um, give him a new nose. I haven't decided yeah. yet. <laughs> <laughs> just, just hang a pair of balls off the so, end. So you're, so you're going to be able to breathe like I'm a normal person? I'm going to be able to breathe like a normal person, finally. If you've uh, ever listened to the show and noticed that, like, towards the end of the night, I get kind of nasally sometimes, or I start off nasally, or you hear me breathing. It's because I literally can't breathe out of the side of, out of my left side of my nose. I'll tell you, I'm, I'm really going to miss going to movies and hearing this next to me. Oh. Oh god, that's wet. Mine's not usually wet. That's disgusting. <laughs> that is disgusting. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, no, no. I've had a super, super loud nose for my whole life. Did, were you ever um, injured, or you're, no. you just has, have nope. always had a deviated septum? Never broke septum. my nose. Never did anything. It's always been that way. I was supposed to get surgery a long time ago, and I didn't because I was still actively singing, and I didn't want to change my voice. What if? What if? What, <laughs> what a dream. What if you come? <laughs> what if? What if right. you come out of this and you're just gorgeous? I mean, 
Did you then, see that? that was like then, the tw- that was like the twinkling <laughs> of you being gorgeous. <laughs> then then the doctor didn't fuck anything up. Because <laughs> I'm already gorgeous. Uh, <laughs> shut right? up. What if shut you up. come out and you can only smell bad things? <laughs> <laughs> Everything smells like mustard. Oh, oh my god, that'd be the worst. He just implants mustard seeds oh, up god. in my nose. <laughs> what an asshole. <laughs> but uh yes, yeah, so that's exciting. Cool, but, man. Uh, cool. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, that's pretty much it for our weeks then, eh? Yeah. Speaking of getting things corrected. Oh, <laughs> nice. Right? Can I, can I yeah, get sure. Yeah. Okay. A high five, yeah. Yeah. Nice job. Me too. All right. Three you high guys, fives. You guys didn't do anything. Why are you Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. Let's do some corrections. Stupid! You're so stupid! All right. Uh, first thing for this week, uh, a big apology to uh, Matthew Lillard. Uh, Matthew Lillard, we, we we talked some smack last week about him. I think you did. No, it wasn't no, me. It was me. No, it was Jay. Jay. No, okay. it was Jay. Well, and uh, so Matthew Lillard, Lillard reach out is indeed 49 years old. Yeah. So we said. So we said. I'm just saying we didn't know for sure. So I looked it up. He's 49, and uh, I looked up a whole bunch of other pictures. I don't know. I think the picture that you found of Matthew Lillard was one of two things. It was for a role, and he had a whole bunch of old man prosthetics on, or he had just gotten the shit kicked out of no, him. No, he was Matthew talking Lillard, about him being on the show Good Girls. Well, Matthew Lillard, as of 2019, looks great still. Looks like a god. Like, like he, looks fa- he looks fine still. Like I, if you like I know feet. That, I know that I... <laughs> <laughs> I know that I said something about about him being on that uh, the other show too, but we, the, the, all the photos I've seen of him on carpets and whatnot, all, I looked up brand new ones. That looks great still. Looks looks fantastic. Yeah, maybe so. they do him up on the show a little bit. Yeah, maybe I don't know. But uh, let's see here. Uh, Color Out of Space is the name of the Nick Cage movie that he's doing with Spectre uh-huh. Vision and Richard Stanley. We couldn't think of that. Yeah. Uh, and then also uh, Caligula had no ties to vampirism before Dracula Untold. Okay. That was a new thing for that movie. Right. The idea was to play with the mystery that was surrounding his death, which I didn't realize that there really was any mystery. It's just I thought that he got like, just killed by by people, and that was it. But apparently they wanted to expand his mythology and say, well, what if he went to uh, was it Transylvania or whatever, wherever the fuck it was where that yeah. movie took place? Yeah. What if he went there and then he didn't actually die and this is what happened oh, to him? Okay. And so that was the new thing. I still personally like the Wes Craven Presents Dracula 2000 version of Dracula. <laughs> uh, his origin story yeah. is that uh, Dracula was, in fact, Judas. And I've always thought that was a really cool way, a really cool backstory. Uh, because Judas was this big sinner, he was basically cursed, yeah. Yeah. and uh, he became the very first Dracula or the very first vampire. Uh, I, I always thought that was a really, really cool, uh, I, yeah, that, really cool mythology. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen Dracula two thousand. It's not the greatest movie. That Omar Epps in it. Like it was, oh. it was one of those two thousands movies. Of course, <laughs> is that what makes a not good movie? Well, Omar no, Epps being well, in it. <laughs> no, my, my, well, I mean, kind of. He's not that great. But... <laughs> Next week, our apologies to Omar Epps. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it was, it was one of those. It was one of those like super flashy, cool, hip two thousands yeah. horror movies. Yeah. So take it. Take it. For as as it is, but um, I like the uh, I, I, I the the book of Nod, which I think was I, I had this graphic novel called called the book of Nod, and I think it was actually supposed to go along with a game. Oh, are you nodding because you I'm, know I'm the, oh, no, the, oh the oh the Nod the book of Nod, <laughs> and they they described the first vampire it, it was Cain uh, after he killed Abel. I've heard that too, and he was yep. cast out into the the land of Nod, and he met um, Lilith, and she sired him and. Turned him into like too. the that's, first that's cool. vampire ever. It was really cool. Yeah. I'll have to lend it to you sometime. It's cool. 
I just like though the fact of Judas being like my one of my favorite musicals was uh, or is Jesus Christ Superstar, mm-hmm. ironically enough. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I love the part of Judas, like the guy that plays Judas in the original. Uh-huh. Um, that's the, not the original, but the seventies yeah. musical version. Yeah, is like one of my all time favorite like musical roles. And so I just picture Dracula just running around on the side hillside. Jesus, <laughs> like I just think it'd be really funny. <laughs> But uh, anyway, those are your corrections for this week. Cool, cool. So, Toby or not Toby? That is the question. Uh, This week, we're talking, we're doing a little director's spotlight on Toby Hooper. Oh, what? I didn't crack. Uh, Oh, oh, you did. No, I didn't. (laughs) It was a director's spotlight. No, that was just my (laughs) normal, that that was a crack. (laughs) That was just my normal voice before. Uh, So, we're doing a little direct... (laughs) (laughs) Son of a bitch! All right. We're doing a little director's spotlight on Toby Hooper, <laughs> but we decided to go with a couple of a uh, couple yeah. of films that are you know everybody out, of, does, out of the mainstream. Everybody does the main Toby Hooper movies. Everybody does Poltergeist. Everybody, well, that's a Spielberg movie, but everyone does Poltergeist. Well, everyone does Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Even Texas Chainsaw Massacre Two, which was part of his three deal movie thing with Canon. Um, <clears throat> Life Force is actually decently popular. Uh, no one really talks about Invaders from Mars all that often. That, that would have been a good one, too. But um, the movies that we chose were part of the later, like mid to later part of his career, when by most accounts he kind of fell off. Um, and I will I will say this. I will I will go on record and I will say this. No, no, not to speak ill of the dead, but Toby Hooper was never an great, amazing director. He made weird, kooky movies that some people love, some people hate. Like, but he would. Let's be honest. Most of his movies were on like the backside of the middle. Yeah, they were. I'm not. I'm not. And that's not even being disrespectful. Because I, I, I mean, love them for what call, they are. Would you call him a like a cult director or like? I, he, point, I think he was a little more of, mainstream than than being a cult director. But like, it definitely. Definitely, I would say his movies aren't. Yeah, uh, they're not He's, for everybody. They're not any mainstream. Any <clears throat> mainstream success that he ever had, though, was was completely ridden off of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Everything. Yeah. Nothing that he did after that ever even came close to to, to what that was. <clears throat> which which is which is well which is fine. Yeah. Because that movie defined like an entire generation of, of filmmaking. Right. You know, it was like the, the one of the greatest independent films ever made. Mm-hmm. Um. That being said, like I said, we so we took a look at uh, two of his later efforts, uh, one being Spontaneous Combustion, mm-hmm. uh, a movie that I have always wanted to see, and finally we had an excuse to see it, and then another one called Night Terrors. You finally brought yourself to, to watch Spontaneous Combustion, right, yes, because yes. Mike, in fact, has an irrational fear of spontaneous I, human well, combustion. I, <laughs> at least I did when I did the math. I was not, or I was 10 or 11 years old when I first saw the Unsolved Mysteries episode <laughs> of Spontaneous Combustion. I was at my grandmother's, my grandma grandparents' house in Hermitage, Pennsylvania. I remember we used to we used to stay in the basement where, uh, where the laundry room was and all that. Mm-hmm. And I remember my mom was down there doing laundry and I come running down the stairs after we had just watched it upstairs. I was in tears. <laughs> Full-blown tears. And I ran up to my my mom and mom's like what's wrong like oh my god like what's what's going on and i was like i was stupidly conversed or whatever the fuck it was i said like i was petrified of the fact that you could just spontaneously burst into flames yeah like i was convinced it was going to happen to me robert stack just put it into my brain Mm -hmm. and i grew a fear plant 
in in my head because that's 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 how that happens. Yeah. And uh, and yeah, I was terrified for the longest time of spontaneous combustion. I still remember it to this day mm-hmm. how I felt then. Like it stuck with me. So I rewatched. I should, we should be talking about this later, but fuck it. Yeah, whatever. I rewatched the Unsolved Mysteries episode again last night to see if it was as creepy as I remember. Um. Not and as, you immediately called your mother in tears. As, I don't want to spontaneously spurt perverse. We the Swedish chef. Spurt perverse. It wasn't as creepy as I remember because obviously I'm an adult now, but like it's still creepy. Mm-hmm. Robert Stack's voice mixed with that music, mixed with those weird, like those those kind of bad '90s recreations. Like they're just. It's a creepy episode, man. The every, whole show is creepy. Every, but. every episode of, of Unsolved Mysteries is creepy. I don't think that... Uh, have, have they been talking about bringing it back with a new host? Oh, yeah. Or yeah. Ju- okay, I just yeah. don't know no, who they're... Oh, no, yeah, because we were we, trying we, to fan we, cast we, it. Yeah, fan cast I it. I just don't think... I don't know who they're going to be able to find that's going to be as effective as Robert Stack. I don't know. Morgan Freeman could pull it off. Nope. Nah, they, his voice is his voice, is his voice is too iconic with like Disney stuff it's at too, this point. Uh, yeah. Not even Disney. Not it's Disney, just, it's just too soothing. Like there's something about Robert Stack's voice that is unsettling. Weird, but what about um uh what's his name? The dude that plays uh T one thousand. Oh well, I think uh, Robert name. Patrick. Robert Patrick. Yeah, he might he's actually a little, be pretty He's good. a little unassuming, but he might be able to pull that off. He might be able he's to. He's got like that deeper sort of not raspy, but like kind of a gravelly voice. Mm-hmm. I think he can do mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. And every episode, he could just liquid melt in and out of the scene. <laughs> if it, yeah, if it's someone that's known, I think you're right. It has to be someone who had that like evil character yeah, look to yeah. them all the time. You know, mm-hmm. that, that's what you know them as. Yeah, for sure. Uh, oh, well, we were about to talk about this beer. Yeah, yeah let's do that. <laughs> Not to cut you boys off. But uh, so we, uh, Michael went out and found from Flying Monkey Craft Brewery, Flying Monkeys, I'm Flying sorry. Flying Monkeys. Uh, this is this is a Canadian beer. Uh-huh. Yeah, brewed in Canada. Canada, eh? Canada brew. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this is called Smash Bomb Atomic IPA. Yes, this actually works on a couple different levels. Oh, I highly thought of one. So, well, Atomic IPA because uh, uh, because spontaneous combustion is all about the atomic bomb going off and the radiation. About, yeah, about the uh, atomic bomb tests in Nevada or whatever the hell. Uh, smash bomb because uh, Zoe Trilling. Mm. Smash. Mm. Smash. <laughs> mm. Sorry, not to be a total creep, but just save it for the tofu. Yeah, let's save, save it. it for the tofu. All right, this is not a test. <laughs> smash bomb. Don't you agree though? Smash bomb totally, totally works. Yeah. Uh, Atomic uh, IPA flares with flavor from the bizarre. That ass man. That ass. <laughs> just God. <laughs> okay. All right. Save it. Uh, uh, flares with flavor from the bizarre citra hops, brewed with a strong crystal malt backbone. The fiery body. It's like brewed with crystal. Malt. <laughs> I thought he was going there too. It's, gonna be, it's the atomic it's part a, of the IPA. It's gonna be an awesome night, you this guys. This beer's really good, man. I, I need another beer. I'm itching all over the place. Uh, the fiery body of this ale. Positively radiates its own energy. Warning: This rich and flavorful IPA ruins you for lamer beers. 
I love it already, and I haven't tried it. Um, so uh, the, the, the can is. <clears throat> I'm what? sorry. What? Uh, there, there's another little thing oh, here. Gotcha. I was going to read real quick. So hops away. Every craft bre- every craft brewer has one. It's that beer brewed while turning a blind eye to the gaze of doubters who question the sophistication of beer drinkers. It's that beer brewed while turning a deaf ear to the voices that ask about target markets. It's that beer we craft while we tune out whiners who ask us to relent. It's that IPA we brew simply because we want to drink it. There you go. Mm-hmm. So this can is uh, bookended at top and the bottom by this giant orange band. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of orange in the label. And so <clears throat> I feel like I'm going to taste orange when I drink this. Uh, so i got to get that out of my head. The, so I don't think it's going to taste anything like that. Well, it is blue, it's brewed with citra hops. Oh, okay. So, maybe so I don't know if that's... I don't actually know much about hops, but the, the word citra implies citrus, right? They also have a tasteometer. Did you see that down below? Where they have uh, the amount of hop, or is it malty or hoppy? And it's a, almost a number four out of five. Yep. Yeah, it's, a, towards it's sit, a, uh, sitting at like a three nine. Towards dark. Three eight three nine towards hoppy, as opposed yeah. to malty. The can's cool too. Very uh, uh, comic book reminiscent. Yeah, yeah it really like is. It. It's cool. I like it a lot. All the, the font and all that. I dig. Mm-hmm. Cool. Mm-hmm. Be Let's, good. This is a strong beer, or if you're French, it's beer forte. Beer forte, like Will Forte. Will Strong, is that his actual name? Will Forte? Will Strong. Will Strong. Strong Will. Wow, look at that. That's really good. Based on the description, though, I expected it to be a lot hoppier. Yeah, Yeah, I expected it to be a lot stronger. It is really good though, and, and I there's orange. and I and I do taste orange yep, good. quite a bit of good. it actually. Did you say you smell uh, it too? Actually, what, what kind of hops do they use? Is it a different kind C- of hop that citra, citra? Hmm. citra. And I heard they recently ordered or <laughs> added more hops. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I taste the uh, the floralness of the hoppiness of mm-hmm. it, mm-hmm. but it's not that standard classic like uh, like my, an all day IPA. Or well, something it else. doesn't have the bite on the back of the tongue the way that some stronger IPAs do. My second pull that I just took there, I, I actually got more of the bite of the hops rather than the citrusy yeah. taste. I like you it just a lot. Gotta, you got to let it breathe a little bit. That's all. I like it because gotta, it's different gotta, than all gotta, the other hoppy beers mm-hmm. we have around. Yeah, yeah you have to work it. it's actually really good. You have to work it around your mouth a little bit, too. Work it around, Mike. Work it in there. Let me see you take a drink. It's the very end. I want to watch you. Let me see. It. Slower. Slow. Slow it down. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Slurp it. Why does my beer taste bad <laughs> compared to your guys's? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm a flying monkey. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> I'm about to go into oh. Alright, uh <laughs> God. Mm. Alright, uh so with that. Uh let's what do we do next? I'm completely <laughs> James is drunk. <laughs> That's what we're drinking. That's what we're talking about. Let's get into the bleed feed. What the hell is wrong with me? So, coming out of that, listening to that uh, intro to the Bleed Feed reminds me, can one of these days, one of these days, can you show up like an hour and a half early to the show and record some bass lines to our intro? <laughs> no, no, no. I, we, have, we have a version of that with bass lines. Why don't we use it? I don't know. <laughs> you, you, Are you sure reason, that we do? Yeah, absolutely. We listened to it at your know. house the other night, dude. Down. Yeah, we listened to it at your house the other night. There are bass lines. Are you talking about for the the very the b- intro of the yeah, very, very yeah. beginning of the show? Yeah, 
Those exist. No, Jay. Do you remember I this? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what to tell I, you. They're I, there. I, I it's just when you same... were when you were making the intro. For some reason, you for, used for the version of, that doesn't have any bass in it. For those of you that don't know, uh, our intro is actually uh, a song that our old band used to play. Yeah. We took the music from it and reused it. But I think the version of the song that you're thinking of might have been a demo version. No, I came in and I, re- I recorded those parts. I I can show you during the break. I'll show you before the tofu. Okay. You stupid idiot. <laughs> Key. All right. All right. Let's anyway. get into some. Uh, let's get into some bleed, bleed and feed here. A uh, couple deaths. A uh, couple big deaths, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, rest in peace to Larry Cohen. Mm. Uh, didn't see this one coming. I'm not sure that anybody did. Uh, he was 77 years old. Um, I did not read in a couple places. I was reading it didn't say how he died, um, except that what he had went in his. Uh... Oh, that was the other guy. <laughs> um, <laughs> No, it doesn't. I didn't read how he actually uh, passed away, uh, but Larry Cohen, uh, legendary, legendary genre filmmaker. Uh, he directed, uh, wrote and directed films like uh, It's Alive, It Lives Again, um, The Stuff, uh, Return to Salem's Lot, which I've never seen the, the sequel to Salem's Lot, but uh, I want to now. He also wrote Maniac Cop, which is a movie that I absolutely love. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, guy did tons, tons of other stuff. He's a there's a really, really good documentary on Shutter called uh, I think it's called King Cohen. Uh, it's like a really good documentary about like his whole like his whole story. Mm-hmm. Watch it; it's fantastic. Um, uh, but yes, yeah, so rest in peace to Larry Cohen. Uh, huge, uh, let's say it, huge bucket of win. That guy, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, rest in peace this week to Joseph Pilato. Uh, you might not know him by name, but you definitely know him because he had one of the greatest death scenes in the history of horror. Uh, and that is as uh, Captain Rhodes. In a movie called Day of the Dead. Ah, uh, yes. He is the guy, if you've ever seen Day of the Dead, where he is on the ground and he literally gets pulled to shreds <laughs> by the zombies. Uh-huh. Um, and which is a crazy, crazy effect. <laughs> I've, I've, Day of the Dead's my favorite of the dead movies. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know a lot about it. And um, one of the things that always strikes struck me about that scene is how real it looked. All of those guts were real uh, animal entrails. That they got from uh, slaughterhouses, basically. Mm-hmm. Now, those entrails had been sitting in buckets, not being refrigerated for oh, a gosh. certain amount of time before they used them. And uh, they stunk to the point where if you were around them, like I think it was Greg Nicotero was saying that uh, just being around that bucket w- made everybody gag. It was Ugh. so gross. And and the people and playing the, the zombies people were... playing the zombies. Ugh were so enthusiastic about it they just grabbed them and literally <laughs> chewed them and put them in their mouth like oh. you would never get away with that I think on a film set nowadays oh, maybe no. an independent film that no one's watching but like not, all, not all any sort of Hollywood of like, or anything like that all kinds of like health, health oh yeah health guidelines um yeah, so it was a crazy scene. One of the greatest special effects scenes ever. Um, he passed away. Uh, he was 70 years old. Uh, he passed away in his sleep. Um, so I'm not sure exactly what led to that, but uh, it sounds like he went peacefully at least. So uh, rest in peace to Joseph Pilato. Can I bring something up real quick? Sure. Just that I find kind of funny. What's up? <laughs> oh, oh, wait. Wait a second. Okay, hold on. Um, Larry Cohen... They said that he died at 77, right? Yes. And then I was just looking at... So that news was broken three day, three or four days ago. And they and everybody said 77. And then one day ago, the New York Times posted... One day ago, so yeah. like three days after everybody else, the, the New York Times posted a story that said he died at the age of 82. 
Oh. And and now and and I'm like that's that that's not right. Everybody else is saying 77, but yeah. now I'm on his I'm on his Wikipedia, and it says that he died at the age of 82. Weird. Maybe he's. Maybe there's two of them. <gasps> oh my god. <laughs> I don't Cause know because he, he was born in he was born in 1936. This says. Mm-hmm. I'm not good at math, so clone. <laughs> is it is it a clone? The clone. Larry oh, Clonin. Oh, Larry. Clonin. You can't spell you can't spell clone without Larry Cohen, or you can't spell Larry Cohen without clone. <laughs> if you re if you rearrange the letters in his name, it spells clone. In and seventy seven. That's a like a palindrome, dude. It's the same thing backwards. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. This is weird. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna dig through this later and find out why the hell everybody's got uh, differing differing stories. I but will I will leave that to you, sir. Anyway, go ahead. All right. Uh, so see here, Blumhouse is remaking the craft. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was the news was broken. Now this is not something that we haven't heard before. I think that the craft has been they've been trying to remake the craft uh, for a while. Um, I think it's Columbia. I think it's Columbia has the rights to it as well. They even made into they, a weekly TV show like everything else. <laughs> oh, God, I hope not. I hope not. But uh, they've been trying for a while, but they've just brought on Zoe Lister-Jones to be the new writer-director. So it sounds like they're starting from scratch, but they're putting the effort behind it to actually see it through this time. It's not mm-hmm. just going to be like a little side project or anything. Um, so that's exciting. So uh, we wait to hear more news about that. Zoe uh, Lister-Jones has done some stuff, nothing crazy of note in the horror genre. Genre. Um, but this will be uh, she's like an actress, producer, director, writer. She's done it all. Um, but nothing like I said, nothing genre related that that I was aware of. So I keep I keep seeing everybody say, bring back the original cast. No, I, are, are they talking Listen, about what are they? Are, yes. Are yes. they talking about bringing back the original cast just to be in the movie, I just to like kind of show up as I don't know. as bit parts or whatever? Or what, what are people trying to say? What's the point of remaking the movie? If you're going to use the same people, you might as well do a sequel. But you're not going to do a sequel. They're going to do remakes. So get new people. Well, not to mention that seems yeah. to make not, sense. Not I to agree. mention one of the chicks was dead by the end of it. That's very spoiler true. alert. That's true. But uh, I mean, I can see like you know where people said uh, people said oh you know if you're going to redo Ghostbusters, bring back the original guys and at least let them do cameos or whatever. If they're going to come back and do cameos, I understand that. They also yeah, should have been a wheelchair really, if they're old. <laughs> like, if they're going <laughs> to do a passing of the torch thing, then I can see it. Yeah. I don't think they're going to. Yeah. That doesn't I don't know. I've, just, I, I just, I, I've been seeing a lot of people say it. I just didn't know if they meant. Let's gender swap this. Let's yes. do it. Let's do it. We're going to cast uh, Zach Efron. Okay. All right. I'm, I'm good with him. Okay. Uh, we're going uh, to do Jonah Hill. He's gonna be in it, uh, and who's gonna who's gonna round our third out? Or there are four of them. This is turning into a Judd Apatow movie. Yeah, I know. Um, um, okay, let's 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 de let's de Judd Apatow it. Um, Mel Gibson, David Schwimmer, David Schwimmer, and Mel Gibson. There you go. There's your cast: Zach Efron, Jonah Hill, David Schwimmer, Can, and, and, and Mel Gibson. And they're still high school students. All high school Can students. we please squeeze Mr. Bean in there somewhere? <laughs> he's he's the, Mr. 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 Bean is the is the witchcraft shopkeeper. That, that, that's it. Yes. I no, they it. should just actually make they should make a part for Mana, the the god that they that they invoke mm-hmm. or whatever he is, and he should be Mana. Oh, that, I can see. That. <laughs> uh, 
Oh boy! Uh, fan right. casting. Well, that's that's kind of cool. I'd, I'd be interested to see how that turns out. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, not our version. I mean, the actual, I'd, the actual listen, version. I'd be waiting to see how our version would turn out. <laughs> I kind of want to make that poster now. <laughs> see what it look like. Um, let's see here. Uh, moving on. Uh, Lorenzo Di Bonaventura. God, I love that name. That's a very cool um, name. And he said the, it right. He is. I did. Uh, he is the producer uh, of the new Pet Cemetery movie. Um, he did an interview with um, Consequence of Sound, uh, and he's talking about how um, if this if the series continues past this remake, um, that instead of there being a sequel, there will likely be a prequel. Uh, and the reason he says that is because if you read the book, the actual Stephen King book. There are so many stories surrounding why the ground went sour, why the ground went bad. Mm -hmm. One of those stories has to do with a Wendigo, which is really cool. Yeah. Um, and a lot of them have to do with Judd Crandall. Yeah. So I would be, in the for the first time I think I will say this ever, I would be really okay with a prequel about a younger Judd Crandall dealing with a fucking Wendigo. I'm... I'm into or, that, or or anything, any of the other stories that I'm into that because that's, cause that's be right really because cool. uh, because in it, you know like in uh, the original Pet Cemetery, and then I'm also assuming in this in the the new remake, mm -hmm. it's all surrounded, uh, it all surrounds the family and and Judd or the Crandalls, him and his wife, but in the book he tells so many stories about basically what you were just saying. He tells stories not only about when he was a kid, but like other people who had tried to bury not only uh, animals, but mm -hmm. like there was one person who tried to bury their son up there and that yep. went horribly awry. So I, I would actually like to see that. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah, I, I'm like I said, I'm not usually all for prequels because usually they're just bad and they're cash grabs and whatever and because they don't have any good ideas. Mm -hmm. um, but I'd be very, very into into that idea. Yeah. It'd be very cool. Um, so it was reported last week that, uh, okay, now here's a name I'm going to get wrong. Um, it was reported last week that uh, Yahya Abdul Mateen the second. I think you got. I think you got. Is it that Yahya? Right? Is it? It's H. It's Y A H Y A. Y A A. I yeah. I think Yaya. it's Yahya. Yeah. So Yahya Abdul Mateen the uh, second was cast as our new Candyman mm. in the new Jordan Peele produced oh, yeah. Candyman movie. Mm -hmm. uh, however, director Nick DaCosta uh, has gone on record now saying, uh, talking to Collider, um, that that's not accurate. Uh, he's saying, uh, well, it's been slightly misreported. I can't say what's happening in the film because we want it to be a surprise, but he is not replacing Tony Todd. Which which opens the door to Speculation City. Uh, so this, yeah. this is just fun because do you think they would actually bring Tony Todd back? I mean, I mean if he said he's not. Oh, or, and, unless they're just doing a completely separate story. Well, the, or? What they mentioned in, in the article, they go on to say that it's possible that maybe they're doing like the story of the Candyman before he was Candyman. Like it's his story before oh. he became like this, this mythical thing. So, I, don't, I don't know that I'd be too into seeing that though. There, there, there is a prequel story that we don't need in my opinion. I don't need that story. Yeah. Um, that being said, though, I I kind of hope that maybe. Yeah, because maybe they bring Tony Todd. I mean, I I'll be honest with you. Everybody would love that. Whether they're going to do that, it's probably very slim. But only if it only only if it's a new story, though, because he's, it's just weird that he said he's we're old not now, replacing you know? Tony Todd. Like that's that that makes it sound like no, he's here. We're not replacing him. Uh, that that's right. that's what that makes it sound like. If they're talking, like you said, if they're talking about doing a an origin story, like. The ex the the level of expose that you get in the original, what they show you 
through like flashbacks and and, and stuff mm-hmm. like that. That's that's all you really need. You know what I mean? It lays it out perfectly. I don't think that you really need to to uh, add to that at all. I agree. So if they were if they're trying to do like a which I, like when they casted him, when I saw the casting for him, I looked at him. I was like, I, I was like, yeah, he like he no, he look he, he looks, looks the, the part. part. He really like does. He's a, yeah, like because I, I don't know. Like maybe I, I just, maybe he's playing a relative, mm, like a descendant of the Candyman. Maybe that could be cool. Yeah, I'd be okay with that. But I don't know. yeah, so we'll, we'll see. Um. This is exciting news. Okay. We already knew this was kind of happening, but it got... Because uh, actually, we touched on this months ago mm-hmm. when uh, when the idea was first brought up to him, and he told me... And this certain character said, tell me where and when, and I'll bring my scythe. We're talking about uh, William Sadler is 100% confirmed returning oh, as yeah. death <laughs> in Bill and Ted Face the Music. Yes, Very awesome. excited. Um, like I said, he had expressed interest way back in the day. Mm-hmm. Well, let's, swap, about let's swap roles. Who gender swap? Let's <laughs> <laughs> gender swap death. All right, who's gonna, who's gonna take who's taking death's place? Mm-hmm. I'm thinking uh, Harpo. Done. Harpo. <laughs> Done. I was gonna go with Roseanne. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny because I was actually gonna go with somebody from Roseanne, but not Roseanne. What's the what's her, the name of her uh, sister? Is it Lori? Lori. Uh, I, yeah, I know who you're talking about. Because I was thinking. You mean I was he, I was thinking who looks like death? Right? <laughs> oh, oh come on! <laughs> That's mean. I like her. That's She's a very good mean. actress. That's... You know what? Fuck it. Let's just go for royalty. Helen Mirren. Playing there death. you go. Done. Yeah. <laughs> um, or, or you could go go with somebody who's. Uh, you could go with a Lori who's in their death throes and go Lori Laughlin. Mm. She's the one who just got tied up in the uh, rich people getting their kids into yep. school thing. Yep. yep. Give her one more shot. <laughs> she deserves a second chance, right? Uh, sure. No. No. Okay. No. Um, so we've talked about how they want. That they've been wanting to remake the Toxic Avenger for a while. And we've talked about how that's not, in our opinion, like, how are they going to do that? That movie is the most like un-PC movie on the face of the earth. Yeah. And I just don't feel as though they're going to accurately be able to capture the the feeling of the first movie. Yeah. Which, granted, if the whole idea is to just not even try, then that's, I guess, one way to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, they hired a director for it. Yep. Um, and a writer, mm-hmm. one and the same, uh, and that is Malcolm Blair. Macon Blair. Macon Blair. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you don't know Macon Blair, uh, he starred in films like uh, Blue Ruin and Green Room, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, that director I can't remember that director's name, but he, he starred in his earlier movies as well. Uh, um, Jeremy Saulnier. Yes, Jeremy Saulnier. Uh, he also uh, Macon Blair though also directed and wrote I Don't Feel at Home in This World anymore. I believe that was the I've seen it. Oh, that was in, a Spectre Vision, uh, right? Uh, I believe it was Spectre Vision. Yeah, because yeah. Elijah Wood was in it, um, and it was an amazing movie. Mm-hmm. I loved that movie. It was so good. So this is actually giving me a little bit of hope for this because he's he comes from more of like a robust indie background mm-hmm. so if anybody can maybe pull this off it's going to be a guy like him Yeah. so I'm actually kind of excited about the prospect of this now yeah I uh, I don't know if I, I don't know if I'll jump on the excitement train yet but that's it like you said it definitely gives it a little more a little more oomph knowing that he has a that fist he, a little more fist up the it, just knowing that he has that like indie bone in him you know what yeah, I mean yeah yeah and he's probably been a big fan of the original sure so my guess is that he'll actually treat it with respect even if they have to change it mm-hmm. so that's cool um <laughs> all right before we get to my my last thing uh james what's new on blue baby oh wow 
threw me off this week. Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, 88 Films has announced uh, some upcoming Blu-rays for, for this year. Uh, Devil Hunt. Whew, I don't know what just happened to my voice. It's just Wait, like... 88 Films? 88 Films. That's racist. What? Why is that That's racist? racist, man. Is the number 88 racist? Yes. 100%. Why? Is it? 88. I don't what's keep it, up on my racist what's stuff, the eighth, so... What's the eighth letter of the alphabet? A, B, C, D, E, F, G... <laughs> H? H, eighty-eight. I want to oh, say. Oh, is wanna, it like a Heil Hitler? I want to say thing? that eighty-eight was like the the name of a gang that was like a like a Nazi like white supremacy group. Actually, no. Eighty-eight was like a Hail Hitler thing. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, this is great. All I, right. Well, nobody nobody buy these <laughs> Blu-rays because they're racist. All right. Eighty-eight. Films. Or somebody was like born in nineteen eighty-eight yeah. or something. <laughs> <laughs> um. I think this. I I think the. I think eighty eight films is from overseas somewhere. Do they have the same standards for what know. what is Nazi but and what is not? But if it's from Germany, that shit is suspect. <laughs> eighty eight films has announced some Blu rays <laughs> coming that bad? up. Uh, <laughs> that wasn't bad, was it? No, it's okay. fine. Uh, Devil Hunter, the Jess Frank Jess Franco film about a grizzled Vietnam vet fighting off ravenous devil worshipping cannibals to save a gorgeous model. They've taken captive. That sounds like everything up my alley. Drops on April eighth. The uh, the uh, the the article on Bloody Disgusting compared it to. They basically said it's like an Indiana Jones film, but about cannibals, which there already kind of was an Indiana Jones film about cannibals. I love Temple of Doom. Yeah, I think Temple of Doom. It was you, the first, you, it was you, the, you say that like it's oh, weird. A lot of like everybody, it. No, a lot what? of people hate that movie. Oh, well, oh those people yeah. are stupid. Dude, Temple of Doom is regarded as the worst of the three. Um, it was the first one that I saw. So, so it, Is that it, why Kingdom of the Crystal Skull was so bad? Because they wanted another one to be <laughs> maybe, worse yeah. than Temple maybe, of Doom? Maybe. <laughs> yeah, no, that movie's panned, though, dude. People people don't like that. I mean, there's a lot people of people who do like people it. People are but, stupid. Yeah. I like all the Indiana Jones films. You got, the guy getting his heart ripped out of his chest stuck with me as a kid. Yeah, like, that was amazing. gruesome. It was awesome. a great scene. Uh, all right, next up. Hop- I was kind of a fucked up kid. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Next next up from 88 Films is Hollow Man and Hollow Man 2 Collector's Edition Blu-ray on April 22nd. This excuse me, this three-disc set features uh director Paul Paul Verhoeven's 2000 release starring Kevin Bacon and the 2006 follow-up from Claudio Fay? I don't know how to say his last name. Uh, with Christian Slater taking the lead. Uh, Wait, really? Christian Slater was in Hollow Man 2? I yeah, never saw it, but... Apparently, I didn't see it. You know that those movies are... They were... A re- those were remakes. The Invisible Man. Oh, The Invisible Man. Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. A lot of people don't know that. They never oh. put two and two together. Well, it's a it's a guy who's running a lot around of people, <laughs> A lot of people have not put two and two together. Uh, those are both uh, loaded down with all kinds of fun extras and whatnot. Uh, next up, arriving April 23rd on digital uh, and May 7th on Blu-ray... And DVD is The Prodigy, a story of a young mother concerned that her eight-year-old son's disturbing behavior is possibly supernatural in origin. And that's ah. got the uh, the little kid from It. Mm, he's really? a creepy little bastard. He's a fire starter. Two-wisted fire starter. Mm. <laughs> Why is he a fire starter? <laughs> oh, The Prodigy. <laughs> I was waiting for you. I was <laughs> waiting for way too long to make that connection. <laughs> wow. All right. <clears throat> wow. Wow. Uh, Christopher Landon's Happy Death Day to You will mm. be hitting digital on April 30th and Blu-ray and DVD a couple weeks later on May 14th. 
When that comes uh, out, we are doing an episode on both movies because I loved the first one and I've wanted to see the second one. Mm-hmm. So we're going to use that as an excuse to watch those movies. Fair enough. Side note. I'm in. I'm into it. By all means, continue. Uh, this follow-up to 2017's Happy Death Day will include a gag reel, deleted scene, and some additional featurettes. Mm. Uh, last... Certainly not least, back in December, Kino Lorber announced the upcoming release of Park Chan-wook's vampire movie, Thirst, which will be hitting Blu-ray in the States for the first time ever. It was just announced that it will be dropping on June 4th with audio commentary by entertainment journalist author and author Brian Reisman. Uh, Thirst is about, uh, 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 through a failed medical experiment, a priest is stricken with vampirism and is forced to abandon his ascetic ways. Ooh. I like it. This movie, I've seen I've seen a lot about this movie, and I always thought it looked really interesting. I've not heard anything about it. Oh, you haven't? No. Well, so. fuck you. <laughs> well, so, well, I'm sorry, James. <laughs> That's it for Blues Boys. What's happening? Just feel it in your bones. Okay. Don't you cry no more. Yeah. Um, all right. So <laughs> I don't know what's so going my on. Last, so my last <laughs> bit of news here. If uh, if you're a fan of Supernatural, you will know what that is all about. Uh, that is how they recap the end. Uh, the I'm going to say it's the end of the beginning of every single season. Uh, they play that song. That's like their theme song. That, move, that, that show is all about like the old 80s music or whatever. Yeah. And that's how they, they recap the beginnings oh, and, cool. and, and, all ends right. and all that stuff. Um, or like, you know, before the season finale and then yeah, before yeah, the yeah. season premiere. Yep. So this is sad. Um, it's a death that we have to report. I waited to the end for this one. Uh, and that death is to the show Supernatural. Mm-hmm. Sort of. This is a little bit of a pre <clears throat> premature wake that we're giving it. But, <laughs> uh, stars Jensen Ackles, I'm Jared, not dead yet. <laughs> Jared Padalecki, and Misha Collins took to the internet and announced that the upcoming 15th season will be the last season of Supernatural. So um, I I haven't I, I haven't watched much Supernatural, but I watched that announcement and it bummed me out. I was like, well, I, I have no connection to this show whatsoever and I'm sincerely love, bummed out. You would love the show. Um, I know I would. I just, it's a it's a great show. There are some horror horror purists that don't like it because it's like mainstream and they can't, you know no, you know what, fuck it it, it is it is a horror show through and through uh it they've taught they've tackled every topic they've mm-hmm. tackled every like major like like the, the every major type of demon every like vampire every this every that like, it's actually everything. pretty incredible it's, that they've filled 15 seasons it's the, amazing this show has been on just shy of half my life that's crazy i remember and, and i've been watching it since it started awesome I've, I've never really watched the show but i remember when it first came out we were at in brian's basement yep. after like a teal practice or something and you guys put this on and i go whoa those color tones are awesome and that's all i know about supernatural is that at that time when it came out something about the color was really cool to me the, the fact the, uh, the fact that the that the, the, the show to jada to to uh take a peek at the technical yeah right you know? <laughs> it's rare that any show lasts for 15 seasons yeah. let alone a horror show right um and actually this is the longest running horror series in television history nice so it's like at the end of a dynasty almost like, yeah. it's it's crazy um, and honestly, I think that Jensen Ackles and Jared Padalecki are really un like like unsung treasures of of the horror genre that mm-hmm. don't get their their 
just desserts. Like they don't they don't get their credit. Mm-hmm. They've been around for like I said, fifteen years. They've never been unwavering. They love it. They they're. I don't know. I, I, maybe I'm fanboying here it's, a little bit. It's because it's, it's because their heart throbs. If they were uglier, people would be well, like, "Yes, look at these legends." Well. Instead, they're like, "Look at these assholes. Look at these fucking frat <laughs> boys." Sure, they're easy on the eyes, but like, <laughs> no, but they're good too, though. Like, they're yeah. good actors. They're yeah. good characters. They're good. Like, I don't know, man. Like, I'm I have, bummed. I'm s- I'm severely bummed out about. I knew it was coming, but like, you're right. I've watched a few uh, one-off. Yeah. I've I've watched a few one-off episodes, and I've always loved everything that I've watched. So. This is one of those, like, the series is ending. That means, by my standards, I'll be able to watch it in four years. No. Like, I'm almost ready to start Breaking Bad. I'm almost ready. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, sweet Jesus. There's no hope for you. Uh, Anyway, though, so rest in peace early to Supernatural. They're just finishing up the 14th season now, so we have a whole other year still. Sure. But still, it was a sad sad day to hear that announcement. Yep. But, um, yeah, Uh, Jensen Ackles also did... Uh, My Bloody Valentine Bloody 3D. Valentine. Mm-hmm. Jared Padalecki did the remake of Friday the 13th, which is a severely underrated gem, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, um, there you go. There's, there's your go. there's your tofu. Cool. That's there's your news. There's actually, your news. You know, we'll we'll get into the news. tofu in a minute. <laughs> <Sorry. laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's wrap it up with a stupid fact of the day. So last week we went a little like ancient with our stupid fact, the whole classic. Uh, uh, a beeswax on the face, you know, before makeup and stuff. So yeah. that, that, we're going to keep it classic this time. Way classic. So back in George Washington's days, there were no cameras or anything like that to capture a person's image, right? So what they did, they either sculpted or painted the the image of this person. Mm-hmm. So if you look at the paintings of George Washington, some of, the, some of them showed him with standing behind a desk with one arm while they showed him with all those limbs. This is because the prices charged by painters were not based on how many people were to be painted, but how many limbs were to be painted. So arms and legs are limbs, therefore painting them would cost the buyer more. Hence the expression, an arm and a leg. Wow. See that? Very cool. Yeah, so there you go. There's your stupid fact of the day, and boom, that was the news. Thanks, Jay. All right. Uh, Okay, so... um, Wealth of information. We're we're going to take um, the shortest break ever because it's late, and we haven't even started the tofu yet. Uh, But yeah, we'll be back in a minute, and uh, we're going to talk about some uh, lesser, lesser loved Toby Hooper movies. Hooper. Hooper. Hoop the dupe. Throughout this, they'll see faces ripped apart with hooks, a man slashing himself into a bloody pulp, and graphic, macabre, torturous images that defy description. So this is the story of a young of a young me being terrified of bursting at the seams with flames. Um, I faced my fears this week and I watched <laughs> Spontaneous Combustion, uh, directed by who else? Toby Hooper. Toby Hoop the dupe. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so Spontaneous Combustion is uh, from 1990. Uh, we're gonna start there. Because that one came out first, and then um, Night Terrors was actually after Spontaneous Combustion, like right after. It was 1993. So we're going to go in order of their uh, release dates. Um, Spontaneous Combustion, let's see here. Uh, A young man finds out that his parents had been used in an atomic weapons experiment shortly before he was born, and and that the results have been some unexpected, or had some unexpected side effects on him. You just said uh, this came out in 1990, and then you go... 
And then Night Terrors came out right after that in 1993. That's a difference of three years. It was like his next movie, though. That's, what oh, that's okay. kind of what I was getting at. <laughs> I was thinking, like, three years is a long time. That's the difference between, like, being able to drink for three years and not being able to drink for three years. You done? I guess. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, so, <laughs> so um, Spontaneous Combustion is starring uh, the incomparable Brad Dourif, uh, who pulled out so many Chuckies in this movie. Very it many was, Chuckies. I, I loved it for it. Um, he played Sam. You have Cynthia Bain, who plays Lisa Wilcox. Bain! Bain! Uh, <laughs> John Cipher as Dr. Marsh. Um, let's see here. Um, Melinda Dillion as Nina. Dylan. And Dylan. Uh, Dylan. I put an eye there for some strange reason. One billion dollars. One billion dollars. Uh, uh, yeah, then you have uh, Day Young, who played Rachel, who, who, come on. Only the good Day Young. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only thing I could think of when I That's, saw that name. That's good. That's um, good. And then you have, uh, in, in, in amazing cameos, you have Mr. John Landis, who plays the best, one of the best deaths in, 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 the, in the movie. I did. Uh, like for that. a very specific reason, I love his death. He played the radio technician. And uh, our favorite homeless man, George Buckflower. Was also in this. I don't even think I. I don't even think I noticed him. You know why? why? Because he was the voice on the radio. He uh, was the preacher on the radio. Uh, okay. But uh, it also, just goes, goes to illustrate little... that George Buckflower was in everything. <laughs> like back in like the the nineties and the uh, late eighties and the nineties. There was also a little uh, back of the head cameo by Hoop himself. It was I noticed it right away? Did you? Yeah. Like the second he was on screen. Oh yeah. Lighting a cigar as uh, mm-hmm. Doris running into the bathroom. Yep. Um, okay. So uh, basically, here's here's your rundown. Uh, you got two a young, very young couple uh, who basically volunteer to be guinea pigs in this nuclear testing. Um, what are you laughing at? Uh, is, nu- is nuclear uh, bombs? Is that, is that funny to you? No, my my son's got a thing with guinea pigs right now, and it just cracked me up. <laughs> just like in my own internal sort of thing. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, okay. go ahead. Um, yeah, so they, they volunteer to be the guinea pigs for this new test that um, they take an injection and it's supposed to shield them from the radiation from a nuclear bomb. Right. Basically. Yeah. So they get basically put down in this nuclear. Um, nuclear? Nuclear? Or nuclear? Nuclear? I know, I'm one what of those people. I'm, I'm, Come on, I'm, George. I know, George <laughs> Bush. Nuclear. Nuclear. You know <laughs> is that is? really how you say that word? No, it's not. The, the problem, and I know this sounds like a, a big excuse, uh-huh. is one of the reasons why I can't wait for my nose to be fixed. When I get a little bit congested, I all of my syllables don't always come out. I'm not, <laughs> I know it sounds dumb, but it happens. Listen it's, to me. Maybe you should get a, that nose fixed. I, maybe I should. Maybe I should, Jay. It's a, nu- it's a, it's a nuclear mob. <laughs> That's how I feel like when I'm talking sometimes. So, um, yeah, so they're in this like underground nuclear uh, base, and... <laughs> They basically they let off uh, they let off an A bomb mm-hmm. and uh, everything they're great they survived they weren't affected by the radiation everything's good yeah. woo um, and then it turns out that um, well they banged while they were in there and Pig, she Piggy's, is, Piggy's knocked up yep she's uh, gonna have a kid so <clears throat> when which what, by the way they're such a likable couple super likable like especially uh, what, what was his name was Brian. Brian, fucking, fucking Brian, Brian. <laughs> no, Brian Bell. Like he was just such a happy-go-lucky yeah. guy. Like uh, every time he came on screen, I was like, I like this guy. I'd the, like to like um, take him out for a beer. Peggy looked, and, and I, had, I almost thought it was her at first. She looks an awful lot like Danielle Panabaker. 
Like, she looked almost identical. And I was like, okay, if I was going to fan cast this and remake this movie, Danielle Panabacker would be would be her. You just love fan casting um, stuff. I do, I do. That should be a thing <laughs> on our show. We should fan cast every movie. We basically do anyway, <laughs> so it doesn't matter. Uh, anyway, so uh, she's pregnant. She gives birth to a child. He's got this weird birthmark on his hand. Um, and then she's like, I don't... Maybe you you got to fill something in here for me, because okay. I'm not sure I understood how this works. All right. She went to go get take her temperature because she felt a little warm. She does look like Daniel Pennebaker. Yeah, she does. Um, and <clears throat> and uh, the old mercury thermometer that she had in her mouth burst. Mm-hmm. And somehow that mercury triggered her spontaneous combustion. Yeah, I was... And I don't know that, that they really connected the dots there all that well. Yeah, I didn't... I didn't entirely understand that either. Maybe there's some like science behind it that we're not privy to. I yeah, have no I, idea. I, but... I don't know what how that was. Yeah, but... because he got it on his hand. Yep. As she was like spitting it out, he, she spit some of it out into his hand, and she had it in her mouth. So I, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't really understand yeah. entirely. But well, regardless, was she spontaneously combusted, and uh, she was entirely aflame. <laughs> And um, so she went up. She died. Took everybody with her. Uh, well, and, and then, he did too. And then he, he did. He lit on fire. And as then well. he did as well. Turns out this was a side effect of the the injection that they gave them. And 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 the child. What are you laughing at? <laughs> I'm just thinking of like a like a, a medicine commercial. Side effects may include high high cholesterol, high cholesterol, <laughs> blah 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 blah, spontaneous human combustion. <laughs> I don't I mean, think I want to take this drug. There are some drugs that literally say death is a side effect. So, and people still take them. And they don't specify. It could be. It could be spontaneous, spontaneous human combustion. combustion. Um, so basically, uh, the child then becomes part of this study, and they keep tabs on this child throughout the his entire life. Mm-hmm. That kid grows up to be Chucky, uh, Brad Dorf. <laughs> um, and Brad Dorf now is uh, he's like a was it early forties? I think he's. In this movie, late 30s, early 40s, something like that. Oh, he was probably was still pretty young. No. This was what was this? 1990. No, he was he was still a man. I was trying his... to I was trying to figure out the age he was supposed to be playing in the movie. Oh, though. look at you. He was 40. Yeah. Okay. Because he had been married once or whatever. You know, didn't didn't work out. He got divorced. He's seeing this new girl, and all around them. Oh, did you mean in real life or in the movie? In the movie. Oh, okay. Well, well he in, was in, in, he was 40 in real life. I got the sense that maybe he was in his maybe late, math. late you know, 20s. I did the math when they said that he was supposedly born though and it was in that that period. Oh, uh Even though they never actually said it. He, yeah, when and were they, they, they when were they like 55 or something like that? When were they testing the bombs? I can't even I don't remember when I, it was. I'm not good with like remember. US history. But <laughs> so. um anyway, so yeah, so people all around them though, they, these reports of spontaneous human combustion just keep happening. People keep dying <laughs> by just bursting completely aflame and uh, nobody can figure it out. And nobody really sees the pattern here until a little bit later. And uh, as the movie goes on, his uh, birthmark on his hand starts to grow. Excuse me. A little hiccupy from this flying monkey. I got a monkey in my throat. Um <laughs> So, uh, <laughs> it wasn't even a funny joke. I'm no, it wasn't. <laughs> um, his birthmark starts growing and he starts to spontaneously combust, but not completely. Like, he just has like flames shooting out of a hole in his arm, and he has like all these weird things that happen to him. And man, he really looks like shit by the end of this movie. <laughs> he like, he looks terrible. <laughs> Um, but that's basically the story. You know, it's about him going through this thing and he's like combusting but not dying and all these doctors are coming in and out and like testing him and he starts to get privy to 
these things and then all the people that have surrounded him it's actually kind of like the x-files like a, a, you know the government's behind it and all these things yeah. are going on it's very yeah. similar to that mm -hmm. so he starts putting the pieces together the people who he is surrounded with turn out to be not really who he thought they were um and his girlfriend is actually sort of part of the same study right um so it's all this kind of weird weird stuff um and but, al but also misinformed like he he yeah, ends up yeah. kind of thinking that she's involved in the entire thing which she is in a way but she's she's been misinformed so she doesn't really think she's doing anything wrong yeah it's really i felt really bad for him in this movie because he ends up being he ends up kind of being a villain because there are times throughout the well, movie he gets where he's driven he, mad is what happens. Yeah, right? absolutely. But like he there are times when he ends up killing people who really don't deserve to die. Yeah. But it's just well uh, yeah, I guess it's because he's like some some of the some of them are like completely inadvertent like he goes to shake somebody's hand and it does a little static electricity it's, thing. It basically looks like yeah, I love how static electricity looks like straight up like a thousand volts coming out <laughs> yeah. of him too. <laughs> like what the fuck was that? <laughs> Sorry, I was rubbing my entire body with a balloon earlier. <laughs> um, but then, but then there are times like he kills a cop for you know, like just doing his job. Yeah, he's like burn, motherfucker, oh, and he just the very like, end. Oh, the, the old man. Or the old man, the, the security guard at the end, who was like his friend, and he was just like trying to do his job. Oh, I felt dude, so bad for that guy. Dude, shot him though. But he looked like mortified. Oh no, the fact that, guy, that he did. No, that guy. Didn't oh, he shot him shoot. in the hand. He shot him in the hand. Yes, he did. Oh, he shot, yeah, he right, shot him yeah. to the hand. And, was, and even after he shot him in the hand, he wasn't going to do anything to him. No. But then the guy comes up to him. I don't and even he, think he meant to shoot him. Yeah. Like I don't I, think the security guy meant to shoot him. It was like a nervous thing or whatever. Like but I felt tim, so bad Like for him. this timid old man who yeah. didn't want to be shooting anybody and then he just burned because of it. Poor guy. Just a bummer. Lived a long life just to get to that point. <laughs> Just to get to that's what I thought when I saw the <laughs> cop burn. I was like, man, these two guys were just out on the beat, just doing their job. I mean, it's I mean, it, it's like this is real life guys who get shot doing their job every day. Guys spontaneously come but, but like, day. but like, like, how do you explain that to their families? Like, oh, uh, yeah, uh, Harry's not coming home tonight because he combusted into flames and he's dead. He's like, fake oh news. My God. It was just a speeding ticket. Um, he's not coming home. He's got real burnt out on the job. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, one, of, one of the things that cracked me up too in this movie is uh, right after, um, right after Sam is born, uh, he's in like the baby ward in the hospital, mm -hmm. and he's got like a hundred degree fever. Yeah. And the doctor's like, "Nah, it's fine. Some babies have hundred. <laughs> Some like, people. Are you kidding me? If a baby has a hundred degree fever, <laughs> that baby's on like death row at that point. Like, I know. They, he was like, he was like, fight he, off he was infection. Like, he was like, vitals look good, but he's running a hundred fever, and then people are like." <laughs> Shouldn't we do something about that? He's like, you know, some people just run a fever their entire lives. It's like <laughs> they don't. you deserve to lose your 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 license to practice medicine, you asshole. Oh my god. Yeah, no, you should be fine. Oh, I was, I was hundred degrees. Crack me up. Um, Jackass. So, so this movie. What I loved about this movie is that it uh, it was it, it's everything that I love about like these these late eighties, early nineties genre movies that like they don't have a ton to work with but man do they swing for the fences with everything <laughs> yeah. and there's a certain look and I, I, even like like toby hooper uh back in the day like uh, old sam raimi uh stuff like that these these there's a, a 
group of directors that just have a certain look to their movies. Yeah. This is absolutely one of them, and I love it. I could watch this. This movie's panned. Like, a lot of people don't like this movie. I could watch this on repeat. I liked it. I loved it. I thought I it was great. I liked it a lot. It was... It had the charm of having bad special effects, which... Now, granted, you have to like those kind of movies to like it, love it the way that I did. But it has like those bad special effects that you're like, oh my god, that literally just looks like a Roman candle that's bur- a sparkler that's burning out. Not a sparkler, but like a, a firework that's like burning out of yeah. his sleeve or something like that. Or like, you obviously it's not real. I don't like know. When they're... some of the bodies were burning, they looked really actually good. It looked like there's really people alive. It looked some... just like mannequins on like. <laughs> some of them looked really good, and then other times there were like they they would do like a full body shot of a, yeah. of one of the mannequins on fire, and it would just like the limbs would yeah. be like. <laughs> Like all robotic and stuff. They're on strings, just being. Yeah. Um, I don't know though. Like some some of the effects were pretty good though. There was the there was the time where he had flames shooting out of his forearm. Yeah. And uh, and his girlfriend like runs him into the bath and like dunks his arm underwater. And it's still going. And it's still shooting out of his arm. I thought that looked pretty yeah, damn good. No, it did. You know, it did. Like I said, for for back in the day, like. This is why people love practical effects. It's not because practical effects might look. Sometimes they look better than CG, sure. but they don't always. But that it, that's not like a, it's not a detriment to them, especially in these kind of like schlocky horror movies. Right. Like it adds to the charm. Yeah, you know, this is why I feel is like all horror movies should always use practical effects, right? Because you can almost not go wrong with them, even when they go wrong. They're just kind of loved for not being right. If yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, it's you just know, it's um, just more fun to watch than something that's meticulously pieced together. Yeah, like uh, yeah, pixel I, by pixel. You know what I mean? Yeah, I um, agree. Yeah, it's just I don't know. <clears throat> I thought the very the very first combustion was awesome. Uh, the one with the parents in the hospital bed. Oh, like, yeah. It was just so cool. And again, it, I had flashbacks to that Unsolved Mysteries episode because I remember they had, uh, it was the, it was the, in the in the Unsolved Mysteries episode, it was the girl in the bed. Mm-hmm. And there was just a hole burnt out in the bed. It was all recreations, but as a sure, kid, yeah. man, that, that fucking Actual footage. <laughs> yeah, right? Um, there is There was, in that Unsolved Mysteries episode, an actual um, camera shot. The dude had a camera. He took a picture of what he found. And it was a hole in the ground in the bathroom mm-hmm. with a walker half falling through the hole, and then there was just a leg that was there. Weird. And the the, the fire had burned a hole in the floor through the basement. All the ash was down in the basement. But there was a part of the dude's leg and like a part of something else that were still up there that didn't burn. See, and that's that's so weird because uh, like like fire like no, a normal fire does not burn hot enough to to burn bone mm-hmm. like like a lot of times even when somebody's cremated what they don't tell you is you know the bag of ash that you get back oh, to put in chunky. the urn like there's they actually have to sift out a bunch of pieces of bone and stuff I didn't like know that there was so. bones in the soup <laughs> <laughs> pass it down hog it all so what um, happens when you spontaneously combust is it like all right, for the funeral arrangements, do you want to have uh, buried, cremated, <laughs> or uh, no, we, are, we already took care well, of it? Finish, finish the job. Do we get a discount? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, uh, it was, but it, it was like creepy though. So I, I was watching this and I go, oh my god, that's like that's like it. Like, so she's just sitting there in yeah. the bed and she's bursting into flames. Like I was right. like having flashbacks, um, but it was awesome though. It was so well done. It was so cool and it, was, like, it looked good. Plus, it was like super, it's kind of it, scary. Like it's it like, was, holy shit. But it was like romantic too, because his his wife bursts into flames and then he starts to burst into flames. It's a burning love. And he dies. He dives onto her on the bed and they die in each other's arms. I was like, that's it's kind of sweet. Poetic, a little poetic. It's kind of sweet. 
<laughs> until they ruin it by pulling her skull out of her head later, <laughs> and it's, this, which it's looks, the size of a baby doll. She, head. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I actually, um, I'm, I'm, I have a note about this, and my note is that I think maybe that there was a pygmy living inside a human suit. <laughs> it's the only way to describe that skull being pulled out of her head. <laughs> this goes back a couple weeks. She was actually a chimera. <laughs> that she, was it. That she, was it. She absorbed her twin <laughs> in utero, and she had a, a tiny little baby they inside out a of her skull, the size of a softball, out of this woman's head <laughs> that is the size of a bowling ball. It doesn't make any sense at all. And so no, did that, did that ruin it for you? It. Did it ruin it for you? Where you're like, oh man, I was hoping she was gonna have a hot skull. <laughs> <laughs> like, man, she is. Oh, oh, it was plenty hot now. still. It was steaming hot. <laughs> um, no, but it was just so weird. I was just like, what? Like, what? <laughs> it doesn't like what are, who are you trying to the fool here like you're 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 pulling it out with a pencil and like the pencil looks like it could be a spinal cord like, <laughs> it just doesn't make any sense and these are all doctors standing around like why is nobody questioning the fact that this lady's head is the size of a walnut yeah yeah it's right weird um so that was cool though. but the, the 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 one the kill that really stuck out to me the most was was john landis's kill and i loved it because he uh john landis plays like this phone tech in the uh, radio station and he's just playing his typical goofy john landis self yelling into the phone he's not responsible blah 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 and um when he goes up into flames he's just flailing around the control room <laughs> like going crazy and at one point in time he's got a window very much like this in the control room um, it's just like a plexiglass window so you can see the studio and it shows it from the outside of the room and he's completely aflame and he just runs up to the window and smacks Smash it this whole body. but all of like the melted skin yeah. sticks to the window uh, and like, it, it leaves like this residue like oh that's gnarly it happened so quick that was it? cool um, loved it so how did they like do you think because there was there was some uh, like a lot of the effects like the makeup and stuff were practically done but Certain shots that it looked like uh, the flames were actually just kind of because they didn't they weren't CG or anything. It looked like they were, they were like superimposed, like yeah, literally yeah. like overlaid over the image. And actually, I, I didn't think it looked they that bad. They were like, very creative, and it worked. Yeah. I think I think more times than not, it worked. There's a couple of effects they did where it, the flames would billow from the middle out. Yeah. And they used it a couple of times. It was the same. It was like the same effect they yeah. used a couple of times. That looked a bit cheesy. But by and large, I would actually say like, that's back in the early '90s. It was probably not an easy thing to do. So, and they probably didn't have the money to do more. So they they did what they could. And honestly, I, I think the effect worked pretty well one most of the, of the time. One of the best points in the movie with that that billowing effect was uh, so at this point, uh, Brad Dourif's character Sam or David, whatever you want to call him, he he had already uh, he got the hole in his arm that was shooting flames. And his girlfriend was taking him to the hospital, and they're sitting in the car. They're sitting in his car. He's oh. in the passenger seat, and they're both just talking about how scared they are. And at one point in time, she reaches over to him, and his arm is kind of like hanging down by his side, but his his forearm is down between his legs. Mm -hmm. And she reaches over to him and touches him on the shoulder and says, "But, but Sam, I love you so much." And then he just starts screaming, and flames start shooting out. They look like they're coming from his dead. Yeah. <laughs> He's just like, ah, she loves me. I was like, I was like, is that what they went for? Like, did they was Were they trying to make it look like he was? coming hot fire while he was yeah no I love it because he was just so stoked about this chick loving it what do you check in for at the ER with that uh, and uh, what are we here for today um, I don't see that the computer I just, <laughs> I just dropped hot bombs I don't uh, yeah I don't know hey you want to smash bomb me another beer out of that that cooler there do you want a utility or you want the last one of those 
Come on. Come on. Come on. You did spend like I did. $17 on this four-pack, so you deserve it. Yes, I do. Um, But yeah, I... Uh, I, I actually really I like this movie except for I didn't mind it at all the ending was one of the laziest like worst endings I've ever seen in my life you think so? yes what didn't you like about it? terrible because all of a sudden it was like supernatural at the end this whole thing oh yeah okay <clears throat> this whole thing I, I was very confused as to what even happened yeah, I this... thought he was getting abducted by aliens at first yeah it was so but weird like, but like into the ground I think what happened is that he had a nuclear meltdown and but I don't I have no idea how the nuclear meltdown causes so, him to pull the yeah, powers well, out of well, his girlfriend. Well, let's I, let's I was, round this out a little bit. Okay. So like this this entire movie, he's actually he's carrying a pocket watch that belonged to his dad, and he finds out later in the movie that it belonged to his dad. And throughout the Gary entire his ass for three years, <laughs> for five years, <laughs> for five years. So this in, the, during the entire movie, like every once in a while, you'll hear a little uh, radio clip or a news clip, and they're talking about the Trinidad. Uh, nuclear station coming online at 12, 12 a.m., like yep. 12 that night. And so you know that it's building up to something. And he finally kind of connects the dots, and he realizes that at 12 a.m., when the nuclear sta- station comes online, something's going to happen with him. Like, he's going to have a meltdown yep. of sorts. And he does. And he ends up entirely aflame. It just, like, you pretty much think he's dead at he this point. He did his greatest impression of Alex Mack. You could possibly imagine is, is what happened. He, like at the very end, you mean? Yeah, yeah. Because he, uh, he, so like after if that, if you haven't happens, seen the Secret World of Alex Mack, then, then I, I don't know what to tell you. Then you're obviously not a child of the '90s. <laughs> um, so at the very end, like his girlfriend is confronted by his ex-wife, who mm-hmm. ends up kind of being involved in this entire thing. Yep. And uh, I really liked Marsh's death, by the way, Doctor Marsh, who was kind of the the guy. Oh, he was yeah. he was trying to tie up all the loose ends of this. Like he basically wanted to kill David the whole time, or Sam, the whole time. Sam and David are the same person, by the way. Uh, he wanted to kill him the whole time, and they were trying to inject him with this like, uh, like secret of the ooze kind of looking stuff, like this vial of like fluorescent green stuff, and it was going to kill him. And his <laughs> girlfriend ends up stabbing Doctor Marsh with it at the end after. She's also a person who can spontaneously combust. So she lights Dr. Marsh on fire. Mm-hmm. He comes at her again, and she ends up stabbing him with it. And then he kind of, like, falls in half over this bench or something. And then just starts... Was it coming from his mouth? Was he, like, puking all that green stuff? Yes. I couldn't tell. Yes. W- whatever it was, it looked awesome. Yeah. I'm and pretty sure that was the precursor to Herbert West's uh, yeah. glowing green. It looked just like it. <laughs> And uh, and then she runs out. She's confronted by his ex-wife, who was also involved in the whole thing. And they run out into the rain. And for some reason, water or any sort of uh, fire retardant will actually... Make it worse. Yeah, it's like throwing, exacerbate it's like throwing the water on a gas fire. Yeah, exactly. Or water on a grease fire. Or a grease fire. And so she's, like, starting to go up. And then he shows up just burnt to a crisp and he's like yeah he's a mess he also at this point at this point in time not to cut you off at this point no, in time, he's kind of like gone crazy yeah he is he's a full-on supervillain by the end of this like and i, I was watching this and i'm like this is what happened if if mutants were real if the x-men movies were real and mutants mm-hmm. existed there wouldn't be an x-men there would just be super unstable people with fire fingers <laughs> yeah. like melting down and freaking out and exactly. this, is, this is what this is what you would get the whole, the whole notion of superheroes is a nice pipe dream but it never would happen <laughs> so he he ends up he goes out he um uh, 
does he does he kill his ex-wife he lights her on fire right yeah he lights her on fire her face is burning it looks awesome and then he walks out to his he's like chasing after his girlfriend and she's terrified of him and he's like i can take your fire whatever the hell that means and then all of a sudden they, they run out into the rain and he just melts into the ground into this like like bright blue plasma yep and she's still flaming from the arm but then all of a sudden, this big plasma hand comes... It was like one, was like one of those sticky hands you get from the yeah, quarter like, machine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, ca- it comes out and it like like grabs her and pulls the fire out of her and then disappears into the ground. And then she's like... Normal. She's no longer filled with this like spontaneous combustible yeah. substance or whatever. Like I, the, it, the, the whole... I liked the entire movie until the last 15 seconds. And I was like, that was stupid. <laughs> It seems like you just didn't know how to end it. Yep. Um, but it didn't ruin the movie for me. Like I overall, I actually really enjoyed the movie quite a lot. Uh, yeah, uh, I liked it too a lot. Um, one, you know, one of the reasons why this is considered one of his, you know, more panned movies is not only did it do bad critically, but it was a major flop. The the flick had five point five million dollar budget, mm. and it only grossed fifty thousand dollars in its in its limited run. And this is after his sort of disastrous three-picture deal with Canon, which was Life Force, Invaders from Mars, and Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. Mm. Even though Texas Chainsaw 2 is considered by some people to be the best sequel, some people even like it better than the original. I'm sort of in that camp. Only because... Not... not, I just like the comedy (laughs) aspect of it a little bit better, Uh that's all. I I just think I like the characters better. Was two when Mosley came in? Yeah. Okay. I just just like those characters more, that's all. One is great, don't get me wrong, I love great. They're two very different movies, though. Yeah, definitely. Um, Anyway, though, so uh, after this, uh, he would do uh, a movie called Night Terrors. Night Terrors. Which could not be a more different movie. Oh, geez. Yeah, so if, if you were to judge a book by its cover... Uh, and you look at the poster or even the, uh, the the DVD art, for example, or the VHS. Oddly enough, this movie is only available on VHS in the States. Oh. It was never put on DVD or Blu-ray. Really? Um, that, may, the, that information could be old. Maybe at this point there's been a release, but for the longest time it was not available. Um, but if you were to judge this movie just based on the advertising um, like posters and stuff like that this you would think this was like this crazy creepy clive barkery looking slasher like just something. like like night like almost like a uh, like a night breed type movie is it yeah. was what it looks like it just i mean cuz like and, the, um, the movie poster is the head the the that head with almost three, like three with the three mouths is that you're looking at well, no it's like the eyes are carved out and then it's got a candle in its mouth yep and it's oh, lit up one. like yeah, a yeah, jack lantern yeah. and then it says at the top the patients of Berkshire welcome you the hell does that even mean that's not that literally does that has, not mean anything that has nothing to do with the entire movie right not at all um, yeah no like I said this movie is it's really 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 just not what you would think. Sorry, I'm looking this up here. This oh, is, this I, I is, see which one you're talking, talking about. about. The one with yeah. the three mouths and the snake it, coming it through. It looks yeah. exactly like a Clive Barker, weird, macabre, like, horror movie, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was very excited to watch this. And what you get is not that at all. What you what you get is, like, this this weirdly, like, it's it's horror, but it's, like, this weird mix of horror, drama, and, like, 
dare I say, softcore porn. <laughs> like it's an it's it's an erotic horror thriller. Is basically what it is. I was I was like, gonna, I was gonna say uh, I was gonna say if you if you manage to find a if you manage to find a beer for tonight called Horseback Floppy Cock IPA, <laughs> that would have been the perfect beer. <laughs> oh my god, they loved showing that that naked Egyptian man just with his dick flopping on that horse. I felt bad for the horse. Just riding around in the <laughs> desert sun. Seems ill-advised, too. I gotta be honest with Glistening you. with sweat with his cock just flopping <laughs> around. This is my impression of that scene. <laughs> <laughs> It's so weird. That's the sound of his dick hitting like, his leg. I'm, listen, listen, I'm all about equal opportunity nudity. Like, if you want to throw a cock in your movie, throw a cock oh, in your yeah, movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, like, definitely. I'll, like I'll this, look at a cock. This I don't was care. just, like, like extra. Like, you, there, was, <laughs> there was a lot of dick in this movie. Um, so here's the synopsis. Uh, a young girl travels to Cairo to visit her father and becomes unwillingly involved with a bizarre sadomasochistic cult led by the charismatic Paul Chevier. Uh, Chevalier. Was, Chevalier. Uh, who is a descendant of the Marquis de Sade. Just the worst. I know. I said Marquis de Sade, right? I know Marquis de Sade uh, is where the, the term sadomasochist comes or, from. Or is that Marquis de Sade? Oh, shut up. Sade! Um, shut up! Sade, get your house fit. Um, hey, can I, can I ask you what? something real quick? Because what the... Like, so this is the, this is the one I was talking about earlier? Correct. What is that from? Nothing. I'm looking at this. Uh, I'm talking about the thing that I saw earlier, the Night Terrors cover art, where it's this jack o' lantern carved out head with the patience oh. of Berkshire welcome you. This is the actual one on IMDb, though. Is this for a different movie? I think that it very well could be. I don't. Okay. There's a few movies that's called Night Terrors. It's it's a pretty ambiguous. But this is the actual one. I know. For, I know. Yeah. Okay. I know. Well, maybe somebody who's listening who's smarter than us could let us know. Um, well, for, for starters, this IMDb uh, description is terrible because uh, she does not go to Cairo. She goes to Alexandria, which is still, still Egypt, in Egypt, but, but yeah. still not Cairo. Um, directed by Toby Hooper. Toby Hooper. <laughs> the hoops. Hoop, uh, so this movie is starring uh, Robert Englund, Freddy Krueger himself, as the Marquis de Sade and Paul... I'm gonna say his name wrong again. Oh, uh, let me see. Hold on. Hold on. Chevrolet. Oh, Chevalier. 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 Chevy Cavalier. Um, <laughs> Paul Chevy Cavalier. That's his name. Uh, and then you have Zoe Trilling who plays Jeannie. <clears throat> Fine. Fine. Oh my listen. Gosh. Listen. There are a couple of things I liked about this movie. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> Let us know, you creep. Just, just a couple. <laughs> She's gorgeous, though. No, she really is the horseback floppy cat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. No, she really is gorgeous, and I, uh, let's be honest with you. Um, she's on full display in this flick, uh, which is by design. Like I said, this is like an erotic thriller, so you kind of have to come to expect that a little bit. Once you realize the kind of movie that you are watching, yeah, it comes with the territory. Uh, she and she is gorgeous. Here was the most unrealistic part of this entire movie, right? Uh, her father was played. Her her father, Doctor Matson, was played by William Finley, who you might know as Winslow from the Phantom, the uh, Phantom, Phantom of the Paradise. Of the uh, so if you think about like the way genes work <laughs> and the way uh, you know, like the way babies are made, 
you get a little bit of DNA from the father, a little bit of DNA from the mother, and then you get a baby. The baby could look like the father, could look like the mother, could look like a mix of the two. <laughs> he would have had to have had sex with the most beautiful woman <laughs> in the entire universe yep. to make a baby that looked like her. Yeah, pretty sure. Because she's stunning. And he's so ugly. <laughs> it's, it, so just, ugly. it just doesn't make any sense. You ever seen the Sphinx? It fell on his face. That's that's what he looks. That's pretty much what it looks like. That being said, I love William Finley. Oh, he's great. He's great. <laughs> and he, he was great in this role. He actually, you know, it's funny. He plays the father character really well, but he plays the crazy, drugged out dream version of himself even better. Like oh, I oh, loved yeah, yeah, him yeah. in those yeah. parts because he was just this crazy just like crazy Christian preacher dude with, with, with snakes and the crucifix and he's you know, going crazy you know and what, like I loved it you I know what it upset me the most about those scenes cause like they're, cause uh um, is it the woman putting the snake in her mouth yeah the, yeah. the like filleting a snake like what and it was a real snake it was a real snake, snake yeah. it was a live was snake a real, I've like seen that, that trick that, before that's a snake charmer trick where they put the head of the snake in their mouth I've I, seen that before but the I way that she like, was doing it I'm like that snake was probably getting pissed off yeah. cause she just kept like just well Going down on it, it, like, was so, it made me so uncomfortable. Yeah, no, it I was. Like, was oh my it was God, super horrifying to watch. Which was the point. I understand, but God, yeah. was that terrible? Uh, so to round out the cast, you have Alona uh, Kimhi who played Sabina, um, which she was actually really good. I liked her. I liked her a lot. Yeah, she was um, good. And then you have uh, uh, Chandra West that played Beth. I'm sorry, is it Tranda or no, Chandra? Sh- no, it's Chandra. Sh- Chandra. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who played Beth? Um, uh, and then yeah, that's that's that's. Essentially, oh, all don't, you need to know. don't forget Floppycock himself. Not that it matters, but I should. <laughs> uh, Giuliano Mercamus plays Mahmoud. Mahmoud? I, read, I read that as Mamound. I'm like, yeah, he had a mound. Mamound. <laughs> Check out Mamound. His um, mound was on full display. So so this is the story of uh, the Marquis de Sade. It opens up back in the, I don't even know if I forget what year it was. It was way back in the day, though, when the Marquis de Sade was the, was he, the French, was he a French king? I think he was a king. Uh, I'm, I'm, look it up. Look it up real quick. Okay. Yeah. I don't want to be wrong with this. But I'm, okay. fra- I'm fairly sure he was a French king, and he was uh, put in jail. And he basically um, wrote the book, literally at least in the story, about sadomasochism and mm-hmm. how how you should the women basically should give themselves up to anything that the man wants and this and that. Like it's a weird. I like that he used sa- the word fuckery. That was he did. that was kind of cool. He did. Um, <laughs> And uh, so he's played by Robert Englund uh, in his best like quasi drag performance ever. He was good. He was really it's good. Like, like, you don't see Robert Englund. Uh, you don't well, see Robert him in England, too much. I'm and fairly certain he's done like Shakespeare before. And this, I could probably pulled on those chops sure. quite a bit because I remember in the opening scene, they're in like this this super old like 17, 1600s, whatever year it was, uh, like torture chamber, ba- torture chamber. Basically, it's this just jail with the iron rods and the brick walls and the rats and the whole uh-huh. the whole deal right and he's he's acting with these other actors one of them is like basically in like a neck brace on like a an x basically and mm. he's completely stuck to it mm-hmm. and he's giving this performance i'm not saying that robert england is like this amazing performer or anything but you can tell that his acting chops were far and above everybody else though basically in all of the scenes that he was with, like mm-hmm. especially in those parts, yeah, like uh, he just had an air of of gravitas to him a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like he played it really, really, really well. Yeah, um, and yeah, I, I thought it was great. It's a really weird role. It was weird. Yeah. Um, and like I said, and if, then and then played Paul Chevalier just as well. I thought, mm, you know, I absolutely did. I thought for sure that <clears throat> that Paul um, 
Chevy Cavalier. Chevy Cavalier <laughs> was um, was going to be like a reincarnation and not just a that's descendant. Kind of, that's kind of what I thought. That's too. kind of what I thought though. He's just a descendant of the Marquis de Sade. So but, do you want to do you want to know this real quick? I looked up oh, yes, Marquis yes. de Sade. So his his name was Donation Alphonse Francois Marquis de Sade. Okay. Uh, so June born June second seventeen forty. So would have taken place in the seventeen hundreds. Okay. That makes sense. Uh, was a French nobleman, revolutionary politician, philosopher, and writer famous for his libertine sexuality. His works include novels, short stories, plays, dialogues, and political tracts. In his lifetime, some of these were published under his own name, while others, which Saad denied having written, appeared anonymously. Saad is best known for his erotic works, which combine philosophical discourse with pornography, depicting sexual fantasies with an emphasis on violence, suffering, criminality, and blasphemy against Christianity. Yeah, so there you go. He gained an. Uh, sorry, yeah, he was a heretic. They, yeah. He was labeled as a heretic. Right. And, uh, yeah. He gained notoriety for allegedly putting these fantasies into practice. He claimed to be a proponent of absolute freedom unrestrained by morality, religion, or law. The words sadism and sadist yep. are derived from his name. Yep, so there you go. Yep. So this is basically his story. And uh, it, it flashes back and forth of of uh, the Marquis de Sade in jail and his writings and the things that happened to him. Mm-hmm. As, and then it goes back and forth between that and the present day. Right. So um, so Jeannie, uh, Zoe Trilling's character, Jeannie goes to meet her father who is working as an archaeologist in Alexandria. He's on like the cusp of this big discovery of something he's been working on forever. What that actually is, you don't really find out. You just know that it's important. It has um, to do with like another. It's, a, he's it's a, not like he's another. He's a Christian culture. archaeologist, which is a big part of it. Right. Um. And he's he's like the, uh, he's like the the face of religion, if you will, in the story. Which once again, for the second week in a row, archaeology done entirely oh my wrong. God. <laughs> one of my one of one of my notes here is uh, where is it? You know what? I don't know where it is. Oh, here it is. Two movies in a row that just completely disregard archaeological standards and practices. <laughs> <laughs> completely, 100%. Um, I love it. But, um, yeah, so so he gets called off, and he uh, has to be basically be on site the entire time after she shows up. She befriends uh, a whore named Sabina, um, and she is a part of this, like, say, what? I don't know, it's just... It's she just, was. She was a prostitute. I know. <laughs> I know. It's just like when you just say it so... Matter of fact, it just—it's funny it to me. It's a very matter of fact thing. She, she, she was a whore. A whore. Um, no, but she, um, so she was part of this whole sadomasochist underground movement, though. In, yeah. in Egypt, she's part of this like culty thing. Almost. By, the, by the way, I don't know much about Egypt. Is there like a—is there a large population of rich white folks? Yeah. Is there? I'm, I'm, I just, I'm saying that, I'm saying yes for the purposes of this. Because they seem no to be in this movie, so. No idea. Um, but she befriends us. So she, uh, so Jeannie decides to go out on the streets in, in this Arab country uh, in Egypt. Now, Egypt is way more, is, at least nowadays, Egypt is way more, um, I think, lax on their rules for, like, what women can wear, what they can do, what they can't. Egypt? They're, yeah. Now, there's, I, I, recently, I there's, recently there's recently there's been some tensions over in Egypt, I know. Yeah. But um, as far the, as their actual the laws, most... though, they, there's no laws on what women have to yeah, wear I think in for Egypt. the most part, they're pretty liberal on it. That being said, I was watching this, because Jeannie goes into town wearing the shortest of short shorts, mm-hmm. the shortest crop top mm-hmm. you can possibly imagine. <laughs> James, come back to me. Come back to me. Come back. Don't wait, come. Come back to me. Wait. Wait. <laughs> Go. Okay. Okay. Um, so she's walking around, basically like a like a like a like a two bit whore. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. 
She's wearing basically nothing. Yeah, and she's walking around and she's catching the eye of everybody there. And I'm watching this. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, I, I at this point, like, I don't know how Egypt is, but like I feel as though if you're going to another country, especially a country like uh, over in the Middle East that has like a lot of you know uh, Muslims and Arabics and all that stuff, like their standards and practices are very different. Maybe, is all I'm saying maybe modesty would be the Mo- yeah, like, like a good rule of thumb. Sure, <laughs> she's just prancing around like like look at me, blah blah blah. But she doesn't realize what she's doing because right. she's like from like L.A. or whatever. Sure. Like she's just your stupid blonde bimbo walking around this world no like i'm just saying like that's how she was acting like she just doesn't know any better like she's whatever um and so i'm thinking about that and i'm like i feel as though she's really just not wearing (gasps) what she should be wearing like this is not this is not correct right so i look up uh what the egypt um, standards. Standards are. Yeah. And, and I get this. It's telling you how it's a little bit more liberal mm-hmm. and you can wear whatever you want and this and that. And this is from uh, HuffPost. And and this is, so the first thing that I read is that everything's normal and this and that. You can wear whatever you want to. Um, well, let me find it here. Yep. This is fascinating. So boring, right? Okay, so, okay here's, so here it is. This is somebody coming from Egypt and saying that if you are a woman, mm-hmm. this is what you can expect. It says, quote, expect harassment raging from harmless flirtation. Men will call you uh, sh- uh, the Arab words for sugar, banana, and duck. Apparently duck is a come on word. I've hey, never heard that up, before. Duck? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and ask how many camels you cost. Uh, to, to men staring at you, following you, grabbing your chest or butt, and verbally harassing you. Which is this is, this is less common than flirtation, but nevertheless common. Avoid walking alone. So right after I looked that up, we get the scene where she's followed down an alley by six dudes that basically try to rape her. Including a blind guy. <laughs> like, he was just minding his own business, and then he heard these three other guys attacking her, and he just got in the mix. I was like, what the fuck? That's weird. Like, when in Rome, right? Um, <laughs> that's terrible. No, like, okay. We're, 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 <laughs> we're saying a lot of terrible saying, things. We really my, are. My, the, where we're coming from, though, like, is that we didn't think that was right, and this happens, whatever, and it's exactly what happened. You know, she, she was not handled properly. <laughs> and then Sabina jumps into and her. And saves uh, the day. You're right. And so this starts this starts the the whole friendship between the two of them. Her dad's like, listen, you can't see her. She's a whore. I may or may not have been with her. Yeah. Um, doesn't actually tell her that, but that's kind of I think the reason why she doesn't want her to hang out with him more than anything else. Right. But um, or with her rather. Which total total uh, hip, hypocrite move when he says something to her about. Uh, uh, it says in the Bible you are not to hang out with libertines or fornicators, yeah. and he puts like an emphasis on fornicators. It's like, Dad, we know this that plays you, into, you bang Sabina. So. This plays into a theme that I picked up on in the movie. What's that? And that was this theme. This movie actually, for for what it was, it was had some pretty heavy themes as far as sexuality versus the church. Hmm. Um, and the hypocritical nature of the church, mm-hmm. and there's there's a lot of that in this movie. I think the, there's some themes here that people overlook. I think because maybe the package isn't the greatest thing in the world, but mm-hmm. they they play with some themes there that I think that are actually decently important. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and and maybe like in the '90s more so than now, but yeah. Um, but yeah, so so we're I I lost my train of thought here. Um. Well, Sabina comes and rescues her. They kind of spark a relationship. Yes. So which then her Sabina dad is against. Sabina brings her basically to this underground sadomasochist 
cult, if you will. Like these people that hang out in the back rooms of the clubs. Mm-hmm. They have like the, the naked dancers and they take drugs and they're snakes. And the first time Sabina spikes Jeannie's uh, hookah and uh, she like trips out. She sees all these crazy things like her dad running around, even though he's not there. Like he's in her head. She has like the snakes and crosses. He's running and, like, around he's with a cru- holding a, a crucifix, man. but there's a snake wrapped around it. And he's telling yeah. her she's going to hell and stuff. So at one of these parties that uh, that Sabine, Sabina takes Jeannie uh, to is the party of... <coughs> Paul oh, Chevy, 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 Chevy Cavalier, Chevy Cavalier, um, and so you meet you meet Robert Englund's character, and you realize that he's oh he's just like this normal dude. He just likes watching people make fun of themselves he's and this got, and that. He's like, got bleach blonde hair, no big deal, right? <laughs> it was the sand. I guess. Um, yeah, this is sun kissed. So she goes. Sun-kissed. So she goes to this or whatever, and uh, that's when you that's when you meet his character. Um, he like he seems like a normal dude. He seems like a, like a well normal in the sense that he's just rich and throwing his money around and. Like you said, he goes. I like seeing people make asses on themselves. Well, he's, he's it, my sense when of they walk into the party, she's like, she's like, because it's like a costume party or something. She's like, this is all really weird. Yeah. And Sabina says, um, Sabina says, weird is when you're poor. When you're rich, you're eccentric. It's so like, true. It's so true. <laughs> Very telling of the kind of circles she's running in. You know what? I, what was weird to me too is uh, we didn't mention Beth, her 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 friend. Oh, Beth. her friend, yeah who also lives in Egypt. Um, Beth keeps finding it really shocking that she's seeing, uh, um, uh, what the hell's her name? Jeannie? Uh, Jeannie, yeah. Beth Beth keeps finding it really strange that she's seeing Jeannie at these places, like at the Club Mirage and at this party with all these weird people. But Beth is there already. Well, her because her boyfriend is the son of a dignitary. Oh yeah, that's, that's why. right. I forgot so about that. She gets into these high fluting things okay. or whatever, these private parties. And I guess and, that and does that. come to a head where she thinks that he's too messed up and she's going to yes. leave him. Okay, yeah, yeah, I get it now. Um, so as, as as the movie progresses, Jeannie also meets the the stunning Mr. Floppycock, as we already <laughs> talked about. He's a horseback rider, and like he like saves her when she passes out from the sun in in at one point, and she uh, pursues to just rail him. And um, then, then he disappears for like forty-five minutes of the movie. <laughs> At one point, I'm like, "What happened to this dude that she just railed out in the sand? Like, like what the fuck?" Well, I was thinking too. I was like, "Like, where, where, like, you know, here, here in the here in the states, like, if you wanna, if you want to uh, court a lady, it helps if you're a, a man of means. You know, like you got some." Got some money, maybe you got a nice house, a nice car. All he does is say, bring some shoes that are suitable to ride a horse. They ride out into the middle of the desert, and they're standing in the middle of some tall gra- grass, and he goes, this is where I live. So you're homeless. <laughs> so they walk, in, they walk into this random shabby tent, and there's just pillows all over the floor. Like if you brought a girl, well, if you brought a go- girl home here, a goyle, a goyle. If you brought a girl home here and you let her up to your bedroom and she opened the door and there's just a bunch of pillows strewn about, she'd leave. No, well, except here, for in here in Egypt though, um, when you're like a handsome horseback she, rider, Beth, it's totally game. Beth also told Jeannie when they first met though that he had like three wives already. That's right. So I think he's a bit of I think that he was a bit of a oh, player. A I don't think we saw too much of his life. But. I think it was that like faux Jerry curl that he had. Is that what it was? Well, and the floppy cock. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it was the floppy cock. But um, yeah, so so that happens, whatever. And then like, eventually, um, I'm, we're jumping around here a little bit, but like, eventually, it comes to light that Sabine and um, Chevy Cavalier are working together 
uh, and they kidnap Jeannie because they're basically going to like kill her or something. Well, okay, so I, I, it's Paul, a little bit confusing. Paul Chevy Cavalier is a descendant of Desaad. Yeah, and Desaad has been put in prison by the Lady Beaumont, mm-hmm. and. Genie is a descendant of the Lady Beaumont. Oh, I think I missed that part. So, oh, okay. so essentially, okay. so I was se- wondering why he kept like saying, like, "Oh, she looks so much like her in the photo." I'm like, they don't though. Yeah, yeah I was so confused well, yeah. about it. So, so essentially, uh, Chevy Cavalier was kind of like, <laughs> it, it, like it was, it was the destiny of his bloodline to get back at gotcha. the Lady okay. Beaumont, okay. and that is that comes in the form oh, okay. of Genie. And there was something about the archaeological site that her dad was, uh, that her dad was uh, uncovering that had something to do with his whole plot. But I feel like didn't I, f- make I feel really like sense I feel like he thought he was going to draw some sort of power through killing her, or taking her eyes, like taking, pe- like poking out people's eyes was a big theme yeah. in this movie. I I just um, thought that was a story that was a part of the story that just didn't even need to be there. They yeah. could have completely cut that out, and the story would have been fine. Yeah, it didn't um, really. Did you notice that there was a scene where uh, Beth before she gets offed? Um, she's running through like the the back like alleys or whatever, and uh, and Chevy Cavalier is uh, Robert Englund is up at the top of the stairs, mm-hmm. and he does this like kind of goofy arm wavy thing with his hands, and then the next thing that you see is a knife thing going ching 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 ching, and he that drags he drags the blade against the stones. So too. Freddy Krueger, oh, yeah. it had to have been a Freddy Krueger call out. Absolutely, and this is at the end of the original run of Freddy Krueger. This was just be this was released either the same year. Or the year before New Nightmare. I think it was the same year I as New Nightmare. I think New Nightmare was 94. Okay, well, this is 93. So, so yeah. regardless, right, it was right around that same time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that had to have been an ode to that. But this is like old old Freddy at this point yeah. version Robert Englund. Right. Um, so I think that was a cool, that was a cool maybe ode, maybe Toby Hooper's ode to... Wes Craven or yeah. something like that. Um, that. That was that was actually kind of cool. Uh, by the way, I, I can't just like pass over the blade thing that he had because I I like knives and stuff. Yes. But uh, that thing, I don't know what it was or how it worked, but that thing was awesome. It looked like a it looked like half of a. It, it actually looked like the like a lightsaber handle. Yeah. But it was, you know, in uh, No Country for Old Men when he kills people with the bolt gun. Yeah. It's kind of like it's that. Like bolt he, gun, yeah. yeah it was, uh, yep. Except for with like a long pointy blade on it, it was so cool. Yep. Um, <laughs> no, I'm looking at my notes here. Um, <laughs> when I take notes when I'm watching these movies, mm-hmm. I just jot down random thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, and my my thoughts are a lot of boob grabbing in this one. A lot of boob grabbing and yeah. dick. Yeah, is this a porno, Toby? You sass. <laughs> like that was my note. Um, this movie legitimately because of all this the sadomasochism and all that this basically is Fifty Shades of Robert Englund that's that is what this movie was essentially uh-huh, yeah. I mean if you're into that kind of stuff and you love horror movies you'll love this movie even like, though he wasn't really involved with any of it no but he you know, he he liked hearing it though I kind of got the impression that he liked hearing people screaming and well this he and was because he, like, he, he was sadistic yeah he was yeah. Uh, he was into like, don't you don't you don't you try to pull that out of my he was into it we might not have seen it but he was into it. Oh yeah, totally I'm sure, I'm sure behind closed doors and behind everything that we saw, he was yeah. into it. But um, for so, what we saw, he never actually joined in. 
yeah, so they kidnap her, uh, and the hope is that the uh, floppycock um, Egyptian man finally comes back after 45 minutes, and turns out he's trying to get into the cult, and he wants to be an eagle like mm-hmm. Robert Englund, and that doesn't really work Do out for him. Do you think I want to be an eagle amongst ants? I want to be an eagle amongst, amongst eagles. eagles. Um, Whatever that means. Yeah, so, uh, 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 so, so why can't I think of it? Salid, Salad? Sabina? Not, Sabina, not salad. Sabina. <laughs> uh, she eventually has like a turn of heart and frees Jeannie from her restraints, mm-hmm. but then gets stabbed by the bolt. Frees Jeannie from her restraints? Now we got some Aladdin stuff going on. <laughs> <laughs> basically. This is basically a Disney movie. <laughs> um, and then she ends up getting away. Uh, the, the the Chevy Cavalier meets her in an alley. Some shit happens or whatever. Like, you know, there's there's a big payoff. Um, the movie the movie in the end, though, like I said, was not the movie that I thought this was going no. to be. This was like... I, I still liked it, though. It reminded me a lot of this movie called Vampire Journals, which was a full moon movie. Mm-hmm. I, saw it, I saw it because I bought a random dvd that was a william shatner presents full moon fright night mm-hmm. and it was basically william shatner as a horror movie host like elmira elvira or uh <laughs> like the crypt keeper but it's william shatner and a weird puppet dude who's fantastic <laughs> um but i remember it has that same feel though it's like very it's like old school sort of and even the the present day stuff in egypt mm. because it was the 90s and because it's egypt it still kind of has that feel of being like really old yeah and so the whole movie sort of had this this vibe to it and i kind of like those those dark horror drama type stories mm-hmm. like sometimes i'm in the mood for them i was actually kind of in the mood to watch this when i realized what it was yeah um and so i i actually really appreciated it it was not a, a perfect movie or a great movie by any stretch of the imagination yeah. i think that it's still enjoyable though i you know i I understand at the time when this movie came out that it was panned for for very obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. You know, this was not Toby Hooper's best work. You know, whatever he wasn't even the original director on it though. So you, it's weird to say that it was Toby Hooper's Night Terrors when he really came into it in the ninth hour. Yeah. You know, um, that being said, I, I I I liked it. I think that it was good. It's it's a it's an interesting movie, and I think that uh, there's things to 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 gain from it um, in terms of I got nothing. <laughs> I'm really trying to talk it up. I liked it. It was it was good. Yeah. In my I, opinion, it, I would rank it as good. Middle of the road. It's not terrible, but it's not great by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah, I, I understand where this wouldn't would gain like a, a cult horror follow, following. Yeah. Um Ooh. like you said, not probably not for everybody, but uh I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it too. I do have to bring this up and this is major spoilers. But holy shit, did you see her dad getting her throat slit coming? Because I didn't. Oh, no. I, I saw that. I was like, oh, God, like, that came out of left field. They didn't even <laughs> They didn't show it, but... It, they, uh, they cut away they as, cut away as, like as he was being slit. No. But I just didn't see that coming No, I figured, at all. I, I figured he would come back and like save the day or something like that. I don't but think he would save the day. No, I, just figured, I just figured he'd be none the wiser, like, or he'd be cursed and something. I don't know. <laughs> um, but I did not see that coming. That, that definitely caught me off guard. Yeah, it threw me for a loop. I would kill to see Clive Barker rewrite and direct a remake of this movie. Yeah. It would be amazing. Mm -hmm. It's like Clive Barker directed H.R. Geiger inspired Egypt sexy movie. H.R. Geiger inspired, (laughs) huh? Yes. Really? You mean just because of like all the penises and vaginas? Well, it can. Well, well, he can be. He can design all of like the uh, the icons mm. of 
this weird religion thing that happens. We didn't even get into that. There's like this weird culty religion thing that takes place. Just so but, that it didn't look like some lame mermaid. Yeah, exactly. it didn't. Even, it didn't even look like a cool mermaid. Looked like no. a like a stupid mermaid. Stupid mermaids. <laughs> no, but like like imagine like his imagery though, yeah. And like and put in ancient Egypt, so it's like you're discovering this like this undiscovered like whole civilization cult thingy. I don't know. I just think it'd be cool. Yeah. Um, I would love to see that movie. Though. I'd pay <laughs> to see that movie. It'd be awesome. Uh, anyway, yeah. So that's Night Terrors. So these are both Toby Hooper movies. Um, not the greatest movies. One better than the other. I think Spontaneous Combustion we'd rate probably better than Night Terrors. Yeah, probably. Um, but I, I don't I, know. If, I, I like them both. Into, I would watch them both again. If you're again, if and we say this a lot, but if you're into late '80s, early '90s type movies, and you know what I'm talking about when I say that, it's kind of a generalized statement. But mm-hmm. I think if you're into it, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, very grainy and dark, and just kind of gritty looking horror movies. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that you would maybe get something out of these. I think that you would walk away not being at least terribly disappointed. Um, <laughs> That's what you're aiming for. I'm, <laughs> I'm just looking to not be terribly disappointed by this. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. If you like Serpent in the Rainbow, I'll say that. This movie reminded me a lot of Serpent in the Rainbow. I can see that, A yeah. lot. That and like, like Coppola's Dracula. Yeah. Nowhere near as good as Coppola's Dracula. Don't sure. get me wrong. Yeah. But like the imagery. Like, I definitely get the Serpent like, in the Rainbow. Uh, ve- the vibes, yeah. Yeah. Maybe yep. it's the snakes. I don't know. They <laughs> they just, they just very, very much reminded me yeah. of... Uh, of that is yeah. any 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 parting parting words here no not really i just uh i i, I would uh, i would recommend both these movies uh like like mike said if you're a fan of late 80s, late 80s early 90s horror then you'll probably be you'll probably be into late it ladies my late ladies hey uh, there's plenty of those <laughs> so yeah no uh um spontaneous combustion is on uh prime prime yep. video and we we rented we rented, we rented uh well because like i said uh, night terrors is only available on vhs mm-hmm. at least as far as i'm con- as far as i know yeah it's only available on vhs in the states it was never put the disc in any format right. i don't even think laserdisc had it I could be wrong. That could be a correction, but um, <laughs> you'll find it. But yeah, it uh, it is what it is. All right. Well, well that's uh, uh, one, la- oh. one last thing. Yeah, what's, what's up? up? Combustion sounds bad, so make sure whatever you do, do not come bust. <laughs> <laughs> Does that work? Yes. <laughs> I mean, usually I'm busting when I'm coming. So <laughs> sorry, had to say it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Um, all right. Well, if you if you want to find it's a us, classy episode, real classy episode. Floppy cocks and cum bust on. And <laughs> if you uh, want to find us on social media, you can find us on Instagram, SoundCloud, and Facebook at the Buzzkill Podcast. You can also find us on uh, the Twitters at the Buzzkill PC. You can find us on uh, all major streaming sites. Clearly, you've already found us. So tell a friend, and uh, let's do that. Uh, actually, especially tell a friend. We've been slacking here, guys. Okay. Is that really, Tell a friend. Is that really want to say something you want to say? Huh? Yes. Okay. If Tell you want to find, if you want to find J. Rodge, you can't find me. I've been slacking <laughs> too. So, but if you want to find J. Rodge, you can find me on all social media at Ocean Recording, and also check out www.oceanrecordingstudio.com for all your fantastic audio needs. All right. All, all right. right uh, before we go, we have a little wheel to spin here. Oh God. Uh, get ready for this. I turn the sound off for you. Oh. So. Well, now I'm kind of now I'm gonna kind of miss it. Pizza death. Okay, well here we go. Now, (laughs) what a dick! Do you think I was really gonna turn that off for you? No. Let's see. uh, Yep. It's gonna click like four more times slow. Still.
Oh, yeah, right. there we go. So we have a, a beer picks the movie. And uh, so here we go. We're doing, um, we're going to make use of uh, a beer that my brother gave me when I was in New York. This is going to be our mermaid episode. Our Merman IPA is uh, is the beer that he gave us. Uh, and so based on that beer, uh, I took the liberty, if you don't mind, of choosing two movies. Okay. Uh, we have The Mermaid, Lake of the Dead. Okay. Which looks, no, it looks awesome, actually. Really? I think it's on Amazon Prime. Yeah, I'd never heard of it. Looks awesome. I'll take your word for it for uh, now. And, and the uh, Stuart Gordon classic, Dagon. Oh, okay. So I've never seen either. I've I, I've owned Dagon for a long time, never actually seen it. Uh, so both have to do with Isn't mermaids. Isn't it Dagon? Dagon, Dagon. Who Dagon. gives a shit? <laughs> um, <laughs> so there you go. That's for next week. All right, cool, cool. Well, that'll do it for this week then. Yes, sir. Cheers, boys. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs> ah, I try to have a good night. I will, James. Thanks. Mm.